This is Fire in a Hole, episode eight. Today we talk to uh, martial artist, uh, stunt performer, stunt choreographer Fred Nguyen. And we talked to him about his, his experience in kung fu from like an early age, his actual trip to a Shaolin temple in China. Just a, what a crazy story! <laughs> Amazing story. You got to hear it. His, uh, his his stage combat experience and uh, the truth and fiction of of martial arts. So check it out, episode eight. Fire in the hole. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. <laughs> Fantastic guest, man! I've been uh, hoping to get uh, my hands on, uh, figuratively. <laughs> um, Fred Nguyen, welcome to the show. Hey, did I say your name correctly? Yes, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, Fred Nguyen. Yeah, is that the way you want to say? Acceptable. It? Nguyen. Okay. <laughs> welcome, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Uh, it's episode eight, and um, well, there's a variety of reasons why um, I wanted to have you on the show. First of all, because um, it's a lot of fun uh, mm. to just get another perspective on things and uh, have somebody weigh in with a different perspective, with a different uh, sort of take on things. And I think uh, while we have not, you know, maybe pound for pound known each other as long as that, and we've had maybe limited, even even limited contact, right. uh, I can't think of a single time that I haven't uh, come away with something when I've, when, when when we've run into each other. Yeah, that's- Good to hear, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. It's always a good time, and that's very rare. You know, um, there's people that you know your whole life, and uh, you can count on one hand the number of interesting interactions you've had with them. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't make you love them any less, right? Yeah. But uh, I definitely uh, like your your spin on things. So, you Thank know, you. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long time we haven't seen each other, and it's yeah. nice to see you. Thanks for uh, reaching out. And yeah, of here. course, man. Well, I mean, uh, just so for those that don't know, um, the the initial contact i mean it's kind of a weird once again it's one of those uh, six degrees of kevin bacon type situations <laughs> yeah. in montreal where uh if you work in show business or if you do anything related to films video music um anything artistic you're almost bound to run into the same people yeah. more or less yeah and then once you find the good ones obviously then, then the, that community shrinks again <laughs> it's already such a small community to begin with like. yeah uh, so just uh, just so we're 100% clear here, uh, how would you situate yourself in the said community? I mean, if you even consider yourself part of it, um, what is it that you, what you're passionate about? What is it that you do? Well, I would say like when, when we first met on Punisher No Mercy, I wasn't exactly in the community as per se, like, like right away. Mm -hmm. I was um, trying to make my way into that community. You're orbiting. Yeah, I was, I was hovering around the people that I wanted to associate myself with. Sure. And uh, I think uh, now I can say that I'm a established You're actor. In. Uh, not established, but like working actor in okay. Montreal. And uh, also a stunt performer. Mm -hmm. And I get gigs here and there. Um, it's never really a, 
one thing more than the other. Sure. Oh, you mean between your acting? Between acting and stunts. And stunts. Yeah. Okay. Now, just to be clear, uh, you're, you work as a stuntman or a stunt choreographer or both? Um, I'm mainly a stuntman, stunt mm-hmm. performer, but sometimes I get called in to choreograph a fight. I wouldn't call myself a coordinator because I don't have that much experience with rigging or you know fire stunts and whatnot, but yeah. if I can choreograph a fight, that's not a problem for me. Okay, and that, you know, we're, we're very big uh, on uh, staying away from the beaten path, or we, we try, you know. Yeah. Uh, we work hard to try to break down some of the stereotypes, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you being, you know, Asian, we figured, you know, the best way to do that is to talk about martial arts. That, is, <laughs> that, was, that was what I came here to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, in this particular case, the, the, the shoe fits, right? Right, it does. The, the Kung Fu slipper fits. Oh, oh well, well done, sir. Well done. How, uh, just, just so we're, we're clear, how far does the romance with martial arts go back for you? Um, I would say, because my dad was a, a really you know, experienced martial artist even before I was born. Okay. And so he pretty much paved the way for me to. He kind of, you know, how you create a uh, an RPG character, and he's like, "This is your talent tree," right? And you you're putting skills in this, this, this. He pretty much made my talent tree before I was born. Wow! And he was like, "Okay, he's gonna be good at kicks, and he's gonna be good at being very technical, but he's not gonna have a lot of power because then you know he loses speed." <laughs> oh my god, what? that's amazing! Your dad basically. My dad uh, basically just he generated made, you yeah, like he, a Mortal Kombat character. Exactly, and it, Eric would love this. But <laughs> Eric, if you're listening, you know, gaming. I am. So when I was very young, he pretty much put me in that atmosphere of always watching kung fu movies with him, and before I was even able to really choose what I liked in life I was already training like I think I started around four years old okay wow okay so how, how accurate was his depiction of you well I mean I'm looking back I, I say like I think it was you know I Pretty think it went well uh, he was very hard on the things that he wanted me to achieve and then uh-huh. for the things he wasn't too sure he was like yeah yeah whatever do this experiment like yeah, exactly. so your, your dad was born here or my dad was born in Vietnam Vietnam okay. and he came here to study and he met my mom here. Okay, how old was he when? How how old was he when he came over to Canada? I don't know. <laughs> was he young? Was he, he... It was before the war, so he he was able to come here for his studies, and so he avoided oh, wow. that whole Got being out. a refugee type thing. You That's know? amazing. But the rest of my family they didn't they weren't that lucky, but okay. him and my mom they were lucky because they came here. I think they studied at UCAM. Okay. Like in the seventies or. And 60s. your your dad, uh, his profession was was what exactly? He was an artist. My dad was. At heart, he was a musician, uh-huh. but he uh, studied. Um, he worked in, a, in an office for most of his uh, younger career until I was kind of there. And then he was a uh, financial analyst, okay, something like that. I didn't really ask too many questions about what he did because it didn't really interest me. Sure, I mean he didn't really like to talk about work to begin with. So when he came home, it was just, yeah, he came home. He's like, okay. Do your homework and then we go train or watch kung fu movies or something. Oh, you wore a tie, a tie to work and yeah. that's, that's about all you needed. Yeah. This sounds like the best dad ever. <laughs> yeah. So what do, you, what do you do that uh, you would understand? It's too complicated. I have a briefcase. That's all you need to know. There you go. This kind of thing. He spared you all of this this <laughs> yeah. uh, office talk. That it's probably, boring. For all yeah. I know, he could I have been a spy, about. you know, going on a mission with I want to believe that. Oh, shit. You know? I want to work with that. You may have just added him as a spy. Yeah. I, you know what? I think that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after after you you know mentioning that he... Uh, 
he he somehow miraculously got some of you guys out of there before uh, the, yeah. the shit hit the fan. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe he knew something. I think know? he knew for sure. All right. Well, what's or your he dad's was just name? really lucky. This is what fire in the hole is all about: getting to the bottom of it, <laughs> exposing the truth, exposing. The truth. <laughs> we we tackle the tough issues that everyone else is afraid afraid of. What's your dad's name? My dad's name is Fong. Fong. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, props to Fong. Uh, props to Fong. He, Probably watching Netflix as we speak. But again, a man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're gonna have to have your dad on, man. Yeah, for this sure. Is where oh, this you is wouldn't. Leading. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. You know, if uh, you edit the shit out of it, it, yeah. it might be really cool. <laughs> really? Yeah. You'd be surprised. You know, uh, I think uh, even though we're only eight episodes in, uh, it's been a bit of a revelation from a uh, sociological, uh, observational, mm. uh, behavioral standpoint. You know, uh, we've seen some people who even I know are typically, you know, not shut-ins, you know, they're not reserved, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect them to be able to sort of get into the vibe of a podcast yeah, and sure. they just, you know, like blossom within a few minutes, they get into yeah, once it. Once you get used to it, it's cool, right? There's something, that's another thing we sort of try to get to the bottom to, apart from the hard issues, <laughs> um, <laughs> is we're also trying to figure this thing out, you know? Right. Uh, I know how incredibly professional we sound, but uh, we, we're Do also, we? yes. Yeah, Do be there. I you, do. you guys had me fooled when I came in here. <laughs> there you go. Fancy equipment. There you go. See, uh, the nine, t- nine tenths of the operation is appearance. <laughs> yeah. First, uh, fake it till you make it, which was the theme of last week. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. So okay, so your dad uh, uh, gets you and uh, gets you out here. Um, you start training fairly early age. Yeah, but I didn't know what it was to not have that lifestyle because okay. to me that's what I that's what I knew, right? And my dad was like, "Okay, today is Saturday, but it's also training day." <laughs> yeah. Really? What Saturday? Um, so I would go to school and in elementary school, and I'm in my mind every other kid was training too. Okay, because I didn't know like you didn't know why you would know why would I know different. that these kids would be playing soccer or whatever? You know, like in. The, sure, it's like being a uh, you know uh, like I don't mean North Indian and just assuming everyone else is packing those little curved blades <laughs> <laughs> the kerpas or whatever they're called right yeah. okay so you had assumptions okay yeah and you know during recess I, I remember this one time where I was I had a, a rough training the day before and I went to one of my friends and I'm like man my training was hard yesterday how was yours and he was like I don't know what you're talking about I played Nintendo <laughs> like what what is this <laughs> then I went home and then I that that was when I started to not like training anymore Okay, you were like, wait, there's an option? Yeah, I was like, wait, I don't have to do this? I can be a kid? And... Yeah, it was like, it, in my mind, it's like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to play and sure. do stuff. Yeah, know, it's do like, what I want. It's like, you, you know, you read about these uh, the, the, these prodigy movements that yeah. happen around history where suddenly anybody that had a kid with any sort of, oh, there's a sound check. <laughs> there's our famous sound check motorcycle. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the whole. Not, I'm not. I'm not suggesting, obviously, that your dad was doing this. He was just going with the flow. But yeah. um, he had all these kids. You know, we hear about these kids, uh, you know, piano players and whatever. And then suddenly, either they move to America or whatever, and they just they just realize that no one else is under this <laughs> yeah. regime. Yeah. And they they dye their hair blue and they go nuts because <laughs> like what freedom? I can sleep in on weekends. I don't think I've had that breaking point yet. No. Well, there's well, still time. Now is it time? <laughs> <laughs> well, looking back on it, like if you were to have kids, like would you would you do the same thing? Like would you well, put yeah, them through some kind sure. of regimen? Well, see, that's the thing. Like now, looking back, I'm I'm happy I went through that training because right? I can do some crazy shit that a lot of people can't do. Yeah. And a lot of people here 
they they want to go train in these martial art classes, right? And but it's always like once a week or whatever. And I had the I was lucky to have a lot of martial artists in my like around my family to just chip in and train. They would like you know argue with who who would train me in what kind of thing. Oh my yeah. god. And that was awesome for like looking back. That's great. As a kid, I was like, okay, I'll just follow who's the loudest. <laughs> okay, so so far yeah. this is a superhero origin story. Right? Yeah. We've got a potentially spy dad gets out before the war. <laughs> potentially, yeah. And starts building his 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 warrior son uh, yeah, exactly. to prepare him for the future. But it's true, like, a lot of people who get into martial arts or anything else for that yeah. matter is it's like I, I got into it when I was 13. Right. And it was so it's you're old enough to make the decision like yeah. oh I want to do this yeah. as opposed to like oh, well I've been doing this since I'm six and I yeah. can do a wheel kick in my sleep. <laughs> sure, that's a there's a funny story about that in the sleep kick thing that I'm going to tell you later. <laughs> okay. Oh, go for it, man! Yeah, man. The funny I want to hear this. I want to hear this story. Oh, okay. <laughs> do it. <laughs> well, it's because I, I I went to train in China at some point in my life. To be clear, this is kung fu, right? Yeah, Shaolin kung fu. Shaolin kung fu. Okay. Yeah. And I w actually went to the Shaolin Temple for training. Because, you know, I, I wanted to tell you about the 36 chambers of Shaolin. Oh, right, when I was going on about my Kung Fu film, yeah. uh, but which continues, by the way, the marathon right. continues. <laughs> the marathon continues. <laughs> okay. uh, you watched that film, right? Of course, immediately. When when I announced it, that I yeah. was on, into this, you immediately came on and was like, Jason, uh, whatever else you do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I watched it almost immediately, and I realized it's... Am I? Maybe I'm off here, but uh, it's essentially the Kung Fu, the Star Wars of Kung Fu films. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that. Right, a guy who like he loses his uh, what his his early life and then he goes to train and then comes back and. Yeah, well, I think what made it Star Wars for me is you really see him sort of knocked. He like he's he's a swagger. He's a nobody, mm -hmm. and you really they take you through that. Like I never thought that they would be thirty actual thirty six. Yeah. Well, you know, I, got, I was very disappointed when I went to, to Okay, China. so to be clear, you saw the film when, like, you were a kid, right? I was a kid, yeah. I okay, the and then, like, it literally blew your mind? It made me want to go become a Shaolin monk. Okay, all right, because so this is To real. me, that was so cool. Like, Just you, like everyone wants to become a Jedi after Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you're like, you're how old at this point? Um, I remember it was VHS, you know, uh, yes. back in the days. Where, and it wasn't even, a, like... The purchased copy was like a bootleg uh -huh. copy. That little I'm, commercial yeah, over it. That my uncle had. And it's like fast forward through stories and it's just playing through the fight scenes uh -huh. kind of bootleg where my uncle would just fast forward the story right. part. So I didn't understand what the hell was going on. He was Netflixing before it was Yeah, cool. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he had all these kung fu films on VHS and he would record them. Yeah. And that movie like made me want to... Actually, that movie made me like training in Kung Fu again after having all that, you know, not wanting to train anymore yeah. phase where I wanted to just play video games and, you know, do sports. So you Screw your dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And then my dad, like, he knew, like, oh, you should watch this movie. Because he, I think he watched that movie when it came out. He was a lot older than I was when I watched it, but it made him want to train. You know, and he thought that if I watched it, maybe he, it'll make me want to. And he knew he, exactly he right. what yeah. he was doing. Yeah, he's such a sneaky guy. He's a because he could compel you at a certain point, then yeah. you get rebellious, and then he tries to get he's inspire like, no, you. No, just watch this it. film and uh, tell me what you think. Again, very spy-like skills. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, some, something. So the the conspiracy builds. <laughs> we're, we're getting, we're I need to look into his life now. <laughs> yeah. <I> Father. <laughs> okay, so you see the movie, it blows your mind. It blows my mind. Made me want to become a Shaolin monk. Just I didn't want to, I didn't know anything about that lifestyle of being a Shaolin monk. I just wanted to be a monk, you know. Like I didn't 
take into account the training, the lifestyle of, you know, not eating meat, not being, you know, having sex with girls and stuff like that. I didn't know. And I was too young to, to really appreciate that yeah. at the time anyways. You didn't see that as an opportunity there's, No, cost I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see that as an obstacle. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's, there's something magical about those guys. Too. Yeah, it's like it's, there's a myth to it where it's yeah. kind of like the Jedis. You, you well, even when they come on tour, right? When you do like the Bell Center tours yeah, exactly. or whatever, the, you, when they do the spear bending on the, on the, on the throat and all yeah. that, and like the little, little tykes. Like, yeah. doing you know, you, you always talk a lot about the magic, how people are looking for magic in certain yeah. things. And I think the... the a lot of the kung fu stuff has there's a really strong component of, of that you know yeah. there's all these stories about people who are like 150 years old <laughs> yeah. but don't look older than 30 oh, sure. and, that's just know. the asian dna too though yeah yeah <laughs> that, i'm like 92 <laughs> thank you for finally admitting <laughs> we, we finally got confirmation ladies and gentlemen from an asian person yeah breaking it's, news it's, you heard it here first <laughs> so okay it's sweet and sour sauce it's magical it's, sweet yeah. and sour, it's the plum sauce <laughs> But we were, we talked about Dimak, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's oh, you did, guy. and I missed that. What? Yeah. <laughs> Good news and, uh, is here we can talk about it again. And That's there's the guys who who work their whole lives to be able to do handstands on one finger, oh, or yeah. like the stories of people who can levitate and you know take you down in three strikes. It's very like part of it is, is it's like a myth, right? Yeah. But when you're at the actual temple, something about that myth is just is, you kind of. You don't know if it's a myth anymore, right? Okay, sure. Because I was there. a good myth. I was there for training, and um, so okay. Just just so I because I want to like squeeze oh, yeah, all go. the juice right. out of this. <laughs> so you decide to go. How old are you at this point? When I went. When you decide I'm going to China. Well, I mean, I've always when I watched that movie, I, I was like, one day I'm gonna go, right? Okay. A couple then, years go by. A couple years go by. My dad gets sick. Okay. My dad has cancer, mm -hmm. and he's in the hospital. And at the time, I wasn't really employed. Right. And I was kind of, okay, well, since I'm not working, I'm going to spend time with him and, and hang out with him because everyone else in my family was working. So I'm, I'm there and I'm um, just, my dad is like, you know, you should, at that time I, I stopped training for, for many years and I started getting into breakdance and <laughs> playing basketball and, you know, doing the normal stuff that yeah. kids do. Um, and my dad somehow convinced me to, you know, start training again like okay he said he, this is the first time he said this he was like you were good the fuck are you doing yeah. like th what this is a compliment from my dad about martial arts this never happens like, really he, so he never really gave you that no he never approval it's all my dad is always like he, he'll never say something positive but he, he'll still make you feel like you learned something you know what i mean okay which is, is thinking about it now is what made me discover this but when I was going through this, this is the worst time ever. Like, okay. And he was always very, um, his sense of humor is very negative too. Like he'll bring you down. <laughs> Again, I love him. <laughs> I never I, met the man, but I love him. Like the one time he, uh, my, I think my sister was in the car and she was saying something like, I'm really like, I'm really high up in my company. Like there's one person above me and then there's the CEO. And then my dad jokingly was like, "Oh, so it's a company of three people." <laughs> you know, like that's his kind of joke. Like he would he would say stuff like that. You know, like and I would say like I'd be very happy. And dad, I got a role in, on a TV show, and he's like, "Oh, so you're the guy who dies immediately in the beginning, right?" Nice. What? <laughs> Tough love, man. What? <laughs> Tough sense of humor, this guy. <laughs> but so like for the first time, he's in the hospital, right? And he's like. You were good. You should continue, dude. You know, like I wish I can train with you. I'm like. Oh, well, okay, you know, and I've always talked about 
going to China and just training. And I didn't tell him this at the time. I was like, I was thinking of maybe I should do it, you know. Life is short, right? And my dad is in the hospital. Anything could happen. I'm not working at the moment. Yeah, whatever. I decided, sure, I'll do this. But to do this, I wanted to be ready. I didn't want to just go to China and then be horrible for okay. the time that I'm there because I haven't trained in years, right? My God, this is a movie, man. Yeah. Because now there's a training montage, right? There's a training montage happening soon. I'll tell this you about is for it. Real, in real life. <laughs> so the training montage starts when I decide, okay, well, if anything, I just want to get the basics back so I can go there and start from the bottom and at least not be sore for the whole time I'm there. So I decided to to do contemporary wushu, which is um, a more artistic, gymnastic-type form of Shaolin Kung Fu. And so there's a school here, and I go in, and I'm horrible the first few months. Yeah, I, I'm, define I'm, horrible, like you just like, rusty, or...? I, I don't know, like, everyone was really good when they started there. Um, my thing with martial arts is that, because I hadn't trained in so, so long, but my muscle memory of martial arts is like, I'm better than everyone in the room. Okay. So when I went in, it was like a rude awakening of, uh-huh. oh, these guys trained harder than I was in the past, you know, years or whatever they've been doing it. So your body kind of betrayed you? Yeah. And I'm like, this is when I realized, that, oh, I, so I can't just rely on raw talent and <laughs> I have to work on stuff, you know, like, this is bullshit. Like okay. I have to. You thought I, you were just going to awaken the dragon. And yeah. I thought like, okay, I'll be in the environment where, you know, my aura will just spark and my super saiyan like hair never left. Uh-huh. like riding a bike yeah i mean the thing about me is that i'm very good at using my muscle memory to learn something so i was able to progress rapidly in the classes but when i started i couldn't keep up with the class wow and that was not fun for me but it was you know it was inspiring to see that people who didn't train you know since they were four that they were doing all this cool stuff and they, they're training because they're they want to train you know mm-hmm. pure pure willpower yeah and they're working really hard mm-hmm. and there's these guys who you know they they leave their jobs and then they go straight to the training and right. or you know this, they may not have the necessarily the like the physical exactly or and the they're genetics. just there and they're sweating you know and they're they're trying really hard and they're doing better than i'm doing because i'm just this little kid who just well a kid at this time i'm a lot older but right I'm just this guy who just thought he I was the shit and I came in and I wanted to just get all my skills back in a week. <laughs> right? What's the what was the name of the main character in uh, 36 Chambers? It was uh, Sante. Sante, yeah. yeah. This is Sante going like, yeah, uh, just show me direct they're like there are 36 yeah, Chambers. Exactly. Like, okay, I'll go to the last level right yeah. now. <laughs> I, I need to learn the most advanced shit right, right away. <laughs> and he gets like swept away yeah. by with the uh, like just by like the master they're all like beating these little little like bells. <laughs> yeah. And they notice him because they didn't even notice him right away. And then it's like, like who is this guy? They just like and this is a, this is a theme in in kung fu movies and even in kung fu classes, right? Like people come in thinking that they're amazing, and yeah. you have to like get knocked down a couple pegs and yeah. learn humility. And yeah, no, that that even that big, first class humbled me real quick, you know. Yeah, that's and a big part of the culture, though. Yeah, to, to be humble. To yeah, be, and even you know, like, like a good I, because I, I feel like every step of my martial arts journey, I get humbled. Like at at a certain point, when I feel like I get too cocky, something humbles me, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, I did that class. You're a lucky man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I don't take it for granted either. That's so. what's keeping you on the path, right? I because, think so. Yeah. Uh, th- we talked about celebrity life and people who you know win at life right. in a sense, and where they go off the rails is exactly they run out of humbling right. opportunity yeah. <laughs> moments, 
and they mm. it just starts to feed their own legend and then mm -hmm. suddenly they wake up it's 10 years later and they're they're running around naked in the traffic and right. tmz is like <laughs> filming them losing yeah. their shit right okay so you get a rude awakening yeah you quickly catch up i catch up but not without a lot of bruises and you know sore legs literally bruises from stretching too much like you wow. it's not even from impact bruising it's stretching too much and I've that's just because that. yeah i had i didn't know what it was i was like what is this i used to be very flexible and uh so when i was stretching i'm like this is why is it stopping you know like i should so i went all out like uh, you went like too far i went asian style like okay i'm going in <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hurt but it was it like my leg was purple for the longest time and i'm like what is this and uh, i think my coach at the time he said you should rest a bit <laughs> like you're Take you a know, break, just buddy. chill yeah. and but the thing is i rest I, i tried to rest for two or three days and when i came back i was like twice as flexible because i broke it and then I, i i chilled for a bit and then when i came back i was a lot stronger and i think my body was just like oh yeah you, we used to be able to do this you know let's rebuild it the way it was So I was able to progress really fast. I love this class. idea, by the way, of the this dialogue that you're having with your body. Yeah, I had to because I had to understand what was going on. Yeah, like I'm only discovering. I'm like I'm 37. I just right. turned 37. I I discovered last year this idea of the dialogue with your body <laughs> because I got hurt. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's when you that's when you you talk to your body. Yeah, that's when your body talks to you. You get locked. It's like you you're being you get thrown into a cell with your body. <laughs> like oh, so what are you doing here? Well, you know. It's like, <laughs> there's nothing else to do but yeah. to talk because you can't move <laughs> and then you, you 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 get to know each other well that's when people say you know listen to your body you know and yeah a lot of people but you hear it and then you like uh that's some esoteric yeah. nonsense no but it, yeah if you actually take the time to listen to your body you'll but discover some crazy shit like people already do that right they already have this dialogue right like you know when you've had a meal that's gonna you're gonna pay for yeah That's you talk. It's your body talking to you. You're like, you know what you did. Yeah. Or when you had like one too much to drink, kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Your body's letting you know, like, hey, you know. Yeah. We're at this. <laughs> you you know what you're doing. Like, like if you you've have been one through more, this before. If yeah. you if you drink again, you remember what happened last time, yeah. <laughs> and then you don't listen. And you're like, yeah, but uh, it's my uh, it's my birthday, or yeah. I just got a promotion, and your body's like, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> Bright and early. <laughs> okay. Damn you, body. So you you beat your body into uh, yeah. returning, into the and I, I, this mix. I don't know if you, you you don't you probably don't know this about me, but I had dreadlocks at that time. Of this was a time when you know, like I'm a dancer, I'm not doing mm -hmm. anything kung fu related. I'm just partying and dreadlocks. Dancing. Yeah, we're we talking like cornrows. No, like just Jamaican style. Full on Jamaican yeah. style. Yeah, that's amazing. And but that was when I started the martial arts again, and okay. I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, why am I? <laughs> Why am I doing this? And why then, do I look like a Street Fighter yeah, character? Yeah, exactly. Why Why do I look like a Tekken character? A Tekken <laughs> character. <laughs> Eddie Gordo. Yeah, exactly. Name is. So I shave my head. Uh -huh. And then I go back into the wushu training. And I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm doing this for real now. You know? Sante. Yeah, Sante. It's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and my friends were like, when they saw me walk in without my dress, like, holy shit. Oh, he. this is for real now. He like, took the vow. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he he's, a, he's, a, he's a monk now. Like, what, what's going uh -huh. on? And so I was doing well in the class, you know, and I wasn't like planning on going to China that soon. I was just getting my body into it. But then I started really enjoying Wushu. Like the people that I, I met there, they became really close friends and that I still hang out with today. And a lot of them are in my stunt team now. Oh, nice. And so I'm doing well. I'm progressing and 
my goal is not to compete in wushu because there's a competitive team my goal was just to learn every single form that was available to be like the dictionary of every technique and every form right mm-hmm. so i'm going through the forms and i'm powering through learning them doing them well enough to progress to the next one and now again i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm the shit right, right? and then there's, there's this asshole that comes into class this asshole who ends up becoming my best friend <laughs> This guy, the best kind. his name is Pete, right? Okay. And this guy who walks in, he, he had a capoeira background and he learned... That's think, why he was an asshole. I've yeah. done capoeira. <laughs> it actually makes you into an asshole <laughs> nine out of ten times. Nine out of ten times. <laughs> and uh, he also did, he learned Shaolin Kung Fu, in, I think in Europe. Uh, I, I forgot where, he, I think Austria. He went to Austria. The home of Shaolin. Yes, <laughs> the home of European Shaolin. Of European Shaolin. <laughs> and he, he, so he had that background in in kung fu and so he's doing the wushu and he's doing pretty well to the point where he's like my rival now wow and so we always had this friendly rivalry and i don't know if he knows this but every time i was behind him in a line like and we were doing kicks like his head was my target because he's taller than me oh and i was thinking okay i'm gonna hit him in the head i'm not actually gonna hit him but that's what i'm aiming for that was your that was my (laughs) he was your dummy (laughs) yeah he was my dummy (laughs) he was my target and it made me, like it humbled me, but then it made me want to train extra hard. Okay. And at certain point in this rivalry, we became really good friends, you know. And um, Sorry, <laughs> someone's murdering a dog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we hope the dog's okay. Maybe it's currently also going through Kung Fu training. <laughs> Maybe the dog's murdering someone else, actually. Oh, wait, I oh, think no. I know what this is. I've observed this, uh, you know, not just to go on a little sidebar here. This is your uh, corner store, uh, Richard. <laughs> where uh, it's a very special corner store. I feel like that's an episode on its own, but <laughs> there is a dog that hangs out there, right? There's a dog that is owned by the people or the employee that works there yeah. has this dog, right? And then other people bring their badly trained to not trained mutts oh, over. Yeah. And then the second that door opens and you hear a little bell, is like, this goes on. This, for is, like, this is my turf. What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like that, you, just by listening, you can know how long the person was in the store and... Now they're, now they're done, right? Now they've gone again. And, but it's, uh, it'll it's, start again. It'll start in, again in, in a second, yeah. Because there's no shortage of people, of idiots with, with dogs they can't control. Yeah, of course. Right? Uh, okay, so you meet Pete. Yeah. Uh, you become friendly rivals. Yep. Okay, and then? And then we, you know, we progress together. And I think at a certain point, he, he started drifting away because he, he had school. And then he was he got way into yoga, okay, uh, and he still is into yoga right now. But then I had that I, I had no one to you know really. Yeah, you lost your uh, yeah. your uh, your Ken to your Ryu. Exactly, to, uh, that like that was ratio. the dynamics that we had. Really, and everyone who was who could have been a potential rival are part of the competitive team, and they train separately. Uh-huh. You know, and to me that was like okay, well, Pete's not there anymore, you know, and I'm just training. Like you weren't competing because. Um, it was a kind of against your philosophy or well the 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 concept of competition in wushu is you learn one form and you master it to the point where you could just perform it flawlessly and it's like a gymnastics routine you know when you go out there and, okay. and then you get scores ah uh, so it's a little bit like performance it's a performance thing and my goal was to learn multiple forms not just one form so i stayed away from competition okay i've never competed in anything martial arts related to begin with so i didn't really feel like that was my thing okay but i think this is where like i have nothing else to do i'm gonna go to china 
Okay, so at this point you're like, okay, I've I've achieved my goals. Or I've achieved. I think, I, I think that my body's ready. You okay. know, <laughs> my body is <laughs> my ready. body is ready for China. <laughs> um, it wasn't, um, <laughs> but I thought it was. Okay, and uh, there was an opportunity that just came out of nowhere. Where I think my cousin, she was in contact with someone who did exchanges with students here or people here to go in, in a martial arts setting or just touristic yeah i uh, i don't know what the contact was but that's a guy from quebec who goes to china to train at the shaolin temple every now like very often okay even so that he has his own room over there and he stays there most of the year okay so he commutes he, commutes he comes to back china. here just maybe to see his family kind of thing okay and then back to the training yeah he's french canadian yeah. Okay. And that's uh like that's his lifestyle. Okay. And what's his name? His name is Eric. Eric. Okay. And um, so Eric the Shaolin. Yeah. <laughs> Quebecois. Exactly. Quebecois. Okay. And so out of the blue, I get this message from my cousin who's like, "Hey, this guy could bring you to China to train. Do you, do you want to go? Because I was thinking of going to China, not you know, just for fun." Yeah. And I'm like, well, this has to be like a sign from, you know, the universe or something where this is a chance for me to go to, to train at the Shaolin Temple. I'll, I'll take it. And I was scared to do it, but, you know, just say yes. You know? And so I decided to go. And I think me, two cousins, and uh, my cousin's boyfriend, we all went together. They went more for, they, they did one week of Kung Fu training and then they went to explore China right. and they left me there. They, they just they took they, off on you. They took off. They said, okay, you're here for training. We're here for vacation. We're going to go visit China. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll reconvene somewhere else. Uh, that kind of works out, right? Like the, yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't actually a bad thing for you? No, that's what I wanted to do. But it, the moment when they left, kind of, it hit home kind of thing. Like, where it's like, fucking China. like, what the hell's going on? I, I, I'm going to miss you guys. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. And I'm not the type of guy to miss people that much okay but this time i was like I, I was scared you know like they left me and i don't speak the language kind of thing and neither did they but at least they were with me <laughs> yeah you've lost your entourage <laughs> yeah exactly mm -hmm. and you know again they were there they made me look better than i was because they didn't do martial arts kind of thing okay and they made me look like a legit martial artist there compared to everyone else that were so, training. just just so i'm clear here when you arrived there mm -hmm. Um, you go directly to the temple like it's just there we went to uh, well we had to take a plane from New Jersey to Beijing yeah and then another plane to a city and from there is like an hour car ride to the village of Dengfeng which is Kung Fu City okay and this is awesome because it's like everyone in this city is potentially a master wow was this is this the town that they talk about in um, I'm trying to remember this uh Donnie Yen film where like it's just all the schools are there um, is it Ip Man are you talking about Ip Man I think about Ip yeah I think but it's Ip Man Ip is in that was in another city that you're talking about okay so, so this is not the same place okay no. so this is a place where there are just every, anybody the the, yeah. the cook well the thing is the Shaolin Temple is on a mountain mm -hmm. and at the base of the mountain is where they built the city so a lot of monks that leave the temple they go into the city and they start their lives there or they start a family or whatever there's a lot of kung fu schools in that city right there's a lot of weapon shops 
it's like an RPG. You go in there, wow. you know, like there's a... It's like <laughs> Yeah, you, you go in, it's like, okay, this guy is selling staffs, this guy is selling robes, you know, like... You, Jesus, it's, it's really, really cool. is like a Dungeons and Dragons yeah, village. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's an RPG village. Wow. And it was, it was cool to see, but like, how do people, how do these people make money? Like... Who are they selling these weapons yeah. to? Right. And they're all selling the same thing, you know? Okay. So I guess they're all like, they have their specific schools that they sell to maybe. I don't know. Or it's a front. Yeah, it's probably a front. But <laughs> Was there a mana in life potions shop? <laughs> no, there wasn't. There was an inn though. Yeah, there was an you inn. could recharge your mana there when you ah, sleep there. <laughs> just depending on how much you sleep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're in Shaolin town. Yeah, Dongfeng, Shaolin city. And um, <clears throat> the, the, the master that I was going to train under, he used to be a Shaolin monk. He's still a Shaolin monk. Um, that tours a lot and he teaches overseas a lot so he kind of speaks English a little bit it's very broken but he opened a school near the temple and that's like he has a room and like food for all the kids that are there and most of them are orphans that the parents just leave okay you gotta stop now (laughs) (laughs) is this blowing your mind Richard? Could this uh, no, be, I, I was perfectly aware of some of this stuff. Could this could this be more yeah. like idyllic and and uh, like beautiful? Like it's, he, it was an amazing experience to witness this. Master with the orphans and yeah. the, this is like feeding right into my uh, my, my, my insane <laughs> kung fu film uh, bonanza that's been going on for three weeks. I am so captivated. Please okay, don't we're, stop. We're talking about how life imitates movies or vice versa. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, it fades right into it. But you see, the thing is, a a lot of the people there want to preserve that culture too. So, when the tourists come, they they see that it's kind of exactly how they imagine in the in the the movies, and the government really wants that to happen. Okay, so they put it on a little bit. I think so. Because that I've heard that uh, Eric was talking talking to us uh, a few weeks ago about Kenya. Mm -hmm. And when you go to Kenya, obviously, a lot of people expect the safari experience. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then there's obviously some of that going on by itself, but uh, there is like an old Maasai village. Mm-hmm. I remember him telling me, and then at first it's all magical and like you're in a different time, but then you start to sort of see air conditioning yeah. units in the back of the huts, and you realize that <laughs> yeah. I mean maybe not that specifically, but that maybe this is a touristic thing. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of nudge nudging. Yeah, for sure. I mean, times are more modern now too, so you have no choice. You have to adapt, kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, they have microwaves. You keep appearances going. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah, it's a draw. It's a draw. Yeah, yeah. sure. Tourists would... come, and they, you know, they get a lot of money from that too. Sure. So. I mean, we even do it here, right? Like the poutine festival. Like, I, do we really need a poutine festival here for uh, the? Yes, we do. We do. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> Every restaurant has a different type of poutine. No, I'm not saying the concept is not novel. But if you're from here, you know where to get all of these weird poutines anyway. Yeah, they don't make the same ones during the festival. I guess. Maybe maybe I'm it's off like a, on it's this. Like a, it's like a holiday. Right. Like I like poutine. Too. <laughs> I like poutine. I'm just... Festival town. And another thing people don't know about me is like I'm way too into junk food. That's amazing. And uh, people think that I'm, I'm, I live this healthy lifestyle. Like you eat leaves like the golden child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I came back from China, that's how I was. But you okay. exist off of meditation <laughs> yeah. and like and the, the dew off a single yeah. leaf. I drink the blood of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> you absorb the cosmic the uh, cosmic rays exactly. like the silver surfer. But okay. one, of, one of the reasons I left China was because I just I wanted McDonald's. Right. There's a very weird story about this. There's like a... Um, I think a translation issue that happened where they wanted to make me a monk for real. 
Okay. And like, are you you're not leaving out some juicy stuff now and skipping ahead to this? Are you? I may have skipped a few things. Okay, I need you to backtrack. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, where were we? Uh, Kung were, Fu Village. Kung Fu Village <laughs> monk that was used to be or was still a monk. Orphans. Yeah, my everybody's master, a master. Everybody, everybody's a master. Uh-huh. My master, he uh, has a, like a school that houses orphans and he trains them, and uh, so that's where I train most of the time. And sometimes I would go to the temple and just train because it's awesome to train there. Do you have to pay anything? Um, <clears throat> I had a. I don't know how it works normally because there were other foreigners that were there, but for me, like, it was mainly just paying for food and housing okay and the ticket to get there but when i was there they gave me clothes they you know the training was just 10 hours of training every day which 10 hours a day yeah jeez it was crazy my body okay. wasn't ready i thought it was ready uh-huh but it wasn't ready for 10 hours of training okay and now we're talking like uh again my frame of reference is 36 chambers yeah are you like running with with buckets of water up the mountain no unfortunately it's not as i expected it this is where it kind of gets disappointing the illusion starts to crack here okay how first of all there's no chambers at all damn it (laughs) god damn it i'm sorry guys can we count on nothing it's nothing sacred (laughs) (laughs) one thing i wanted to happen is where are the the chambers (laughs) actually they're chamber pots and they're over there i mean they're chambers but they're not the chambers that are depicted in the film you know? sure um, there's a lot of training halls that if you go you can see the, the, the floor are all cracked and uh, and they explain that the monks trained there for generations and each step that they took eventually would lead to the the floor being cracked and it's That's a amazing. stone 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 and I would I wouldn't believe this at first, so I, I tried to do the basic forms, and my steps would go exactly where it was supposed to go. Okay. So you know, uh, okay. Maybe. It was plausible. It's plausible. Like your your steps, your steps lined up with the cracks. They lined up with the cracks. Um, <clears throat> God damn, that's cool. It, it is, is pretty, pretty cool. cool, and it's 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 really cool to be there and just feel that that presence, you know. Got the history. Years. Yeah. A thousand years ago, there was a, there was a guy pounding that same. Yeah. It's like generations of warrior monks just. Doing yeah. the basic drills over and over, and the, the floor would crack. My, uh, That's my, wild. My testosterone count right now is out of control. <laughs> I'm going to just have to go punch something after this. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll find something to punch after <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> so there's there another you... thing where you go into the courtyard, and there's this, this giant tree, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of holes in the tree, and you're thinking woodpecker, right? Uh-huh. But it's very low for woodpeckers. Usually it's higher. And my master said, no, this is finger training. God damn. Finger I training, really, and it fits perfectly. Like the height, the height wise, height wise, these are, size, okay. everything. These are guys who eventually drilled holes into the trees with yeah. their fingers. Yeah, amazing. And I mean, it's just, it's just you believe it because the my master would just say like nonchalant, you know, like oh no, this is just finger training. Right. What? Just finger training? That's that's truth, right? When someone just goes like, oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. just finger training. To him, it's just whatever. That's it's where normal. they flip the stones. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> Those stones are three times like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Don't make a big thing out of it. You're like, holy crap, it's true. Yeah. It's a you just of, take things for granted at a certain point. Like when you were a kid and you were yeah, asking exactly. the other kid, to, like, oh, yeah. yeah to training me, was really hard like yeah. yesterday. <laughs> that was yours. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's normal, whatever. I reached level three of... 
Kung Fu the video game. <laughs> That's impressive. That impressive. game was really hard. That was a hard fucking game. <laughs> that really was. A lot of quarters uh, lost their lives <laughs> to that game. Okay, so finger training uh, tree. Yeah, it's all these things where, you know, you, like I said, you go in and you start to believe the myth. Mm-hmm. But then you turn around and there's a monk on a cell phone kind of thing. Ah, hmm. okay. And then the illusions popped a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but... But you're like, okay, they still need to stay in touch. Yeah, this is more, they still yeah. need to yeah. contact someone. You forget. Yeah, they can't be frozen in time completely. No, they need, they need, you know, they need internet nowadays. And you, yeah. to be fair, you see this in like little uh, Hungarian villages in Europe too, where yeah. that same dust has been on that house for, you know, 500 years. Mm-hmm. And little little Mammy seems like she's, oh, the sound check is back. Hi, sound check. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, that was deluxe sound check that there. That was a good one. Good one, man. <laughs> that was one for the... Whoa. Ooh, for the baby. books. Oh, shit. Um, we need to yeah. sample that one. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so we, there's these little old ladies that's like, they're immortal. They're, it's always the same old lady. You've been going for 20 years and she's still 90. And mm-hmm. she's still, you know, and then she pops out her flip phone, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's just going to happen because of globalization. Yeah, you have to. Okay, so first sign that this may not be, you may not actually be living the 36 Chambers yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, first sign is, well, first of all, no chambers. No chambers. Mm. Secondly, it was, it was uh, disappointingly easy to come in and train with the monks, you know what I mean? Okay. Like a lot of times you watch Kung Fu movies and you're like, you have to kneel outside for like days <laughs> kind right. of thing. To test your, 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 you know, your motivation and you need your, to be your loyalty. Yeah, you need yeah. to be worthy. You have to pass out and then, you will not train you. And yeah. then... But nowadays, this one has spirit. (laughs) Now it's like there's so many tourists that go there and they'll just find a random monk and be like, because all the monks, they assume, you know, learn Kung Fu. Right. Mm. So they'll just go to a monk. Hey, look, I'll give you some some money. Just teach me some basic stuff. And tourists are happy because they can say they were trained by a monk. Yeah. That's like an American like fantasy. Yeah. Every McDojo strip mall guy. Rex Kwando, dude. <laughs> right? That's the trip they're making. In yeah. fact, yeah. later I'll tell you about a, a movie I saw, a documentary about that very uh-huh. thing. And, you know, the monks are happy to get a, some American dollars, you know, which is a lot there. And <clears throat> for easy basics, you know, that might not even be real basics. They just do whatever and the, the tourists like, oh, this is cool, you know. Right. It looks it looks mystical. Yeah, and, it and looks mystical. <laughs> okay. But once the tourists leave, because they have a, a closing time for tourists, and you're there to train, it's it's like you imagine in the movies. You know, it's like you're training in this mythical place where it's just you and training with the monks. And the you're blossoms doing, falling yeah, from the trees. And there's, for some reason, everyone has this aura of now. Like maybe it's in your mind, but because you're there, you know. Mm. Well, it's like they closed Disneyland. And yeah, now, and now you're hanging out with Mickey, you know? Right, and Mickey takes off and, his hat. And, and it's really starts, Mickey. <laughs> starts breakdancing. <laughs> Mickey's under Mickey. Yeah, it's like, like it's oh really Mickey. God, it's really, like, really him. Really? Wow, that's cool. How creepy would that be if Mickey was real? <laughs> like if that was skin? Yeah, that would be pretty creepy. Giant, horrific. Just covered with a giant foam head. Glossy <laughs> mouse. A giant glossy mouse just like... <laughs> <laughs> you have some cheese. <laughs> Those damn kids today. <laughs> it would be terrifying. All right, so shit got real once the sun went down or whatever. Once yeah. once the tourists went home. Okay. But at the same time, like you don't really have time to think about this stuff when you're there in training. You know, you're training ten hours a day with other people that are there for training, so they're all really into it. And now you have all of a sudden like 
a shit ton of rivals that you have to keep up with and they're, they're your brothers now you know mm. so I made a lot of kung fu brothers when I was there and we still you know keep in touch and talk and you know they all like Are all across Chinese, the world Chinese or no like all foreigners? foreigners that we because we spoke English so we, we were able to bond over you know different cultures that we have We they're all people from around the world you know, a lot, awesome. of them, a lot of them are from Europe. There's, I think, two are from American, American uh, cities. I think Chicago, and uh, one of them was Italian, uh, German guy, a French guy, and we were all just chilling together because we could speak English, right, or French for that French guy. <laughs> and now you also have the makings of, of course, a super team that protects the planet oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all had team. different skills too right <laughs> the russian was the spunky one yeah <laughs> we had one guy with a bone arrow he was, <laughs> he was the long range guy this is the single best story on fire in the hole so far so far and yeah. you're and, and again like you said earlier he's nonchalantly dropping the story on us so i know you know <laughs> it's true yeah. i would doubt any other man looking back it was just amazing an amazing time right all these people from around the world just converging yeah. and all Making passion finger holes and trees yeah passionate about kung fu just going there for training that's great but the training was legit though yeah it was legit okay so if you weren't taking uh, water up the mountain <laughs> what kind of stuff were you guys doing we would do a lot of hours a day? well i mean we would wake up really early and we would run up the mountain <clears throat> a lot of students would crawl down the mountain i tried it a few times i did not like it so i didn't do it anymore <laughs> I was lucky enough to be a foreigner where I was allowed to say, no, I don't want to do this kind of thing. No, thanks. Yeah, but the kids thanks. there, they don't no, have, the, you know, they grew up there. That's their family, right? Yeah. And they would get beaten a lot. And it would be weird to see at first, but then it's just such a normal thing there. We're talking like smacked around or like over the over the knees or? Well, like, well, it depends. Like uh, sometimes they would get hit with a stick. Oh, they give that whole, like, you have to keep your position and you yeah, get, like... The, the, well, we trained separately. Like, the kids would train together, and then we would... The, the foreigners who weren't that good would train together, you know? And I had, I had the Ryan of the stick because I looked like a local. Right. But I, I'm not as good as a local, right? So you looked like a horrible, like a bad Chinese. Yeah, I looked like fighter. a Chinese guy that's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like a little baby. Yeah, little you know, baby. like all the other foreigners that come, the the locals there, they're very like welcoming and they're like, oh, they're coming to learn our culture and our kung fu. That's really cool. Oh, we got a Chinese guy in our group. That's that. That means they trust us they, they, when they see <laughs> yeah, you. And so when the locals see me, they're like, who the hell is this guy? What is he doing? His form is way off. Like You're making us look bad, man. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> One time I was walking around the temple and a tourist came up and asked me the directions to where's the like the, the pagodas nice. <laughs> and i had no idea what he was saying because i don't speak mandarin and I, I, but i'm assuming he was looking for something so i just pointed in the direction <laughs> and be like we, and then i left to be fair we've all done that yeah but like, like but if you're mistaken for a monk you can be silent and yeah just I, mysterious i'm, and I'm hoping they assumed <laughs> i took fine. a vow of silence or something yeah you yeah, just yeah. sprinkle some <laughs> sawdust on them Give them like a, a weird bow and just walk away, and then they like you change their life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just, he's mysterious. He who questions training only trains himself at asking questions. What? We, I, we, it was a funny thing where one of the, the guys I was training with, his name is Dimitri, he's this big black guy, right? But he speaks fluent Mandarin because he's been going to China every summer he since he was shit. like a kid. Okay. 
And so he was my translator. But when we were walking together, people would come up to me and talk to me. But they'd assume that you're, yeah. of course. And, and then he'd he, just bust he, out. he would bust out some Mandarin and people were like, whoa, very good. Uh, you know, like, and he still speak to him in English. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, nice try. Nice try, buddy. So how long were you, how long were you there? Um, I lost track. I think I was there for a few months. Okay. But not that long. Not long like enough six? to, I think, for my visa to expire kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but it felt like forever because every day is the same thing. Mm -hmm. I think I, uh, I think I went for one summer. And I came back. It was. Uh, I How, what was it like to set like set foot home back home? Like, did you? It was. Uh, it was nice. It felt good to be home, but it was. And this is the this is where the McDonald's. Yeah, thing this is the thing where, I, I had trained, to a certain point where. They don't eat, really eat meat there, right? They eat eggs, rice, and stuff like that. And I was just really craving McDonald's for some reason. And, well, the reason is I used to eat a lot of McDonald's before. <laughs> Your old McDonald's training was yeah. calling. <laughs> My body was talking to me again. It's like, That's hey, right. listen, uh, I don't like where this is going. We had an arrangement. <laughs> Every Thursday, yeah. muscle memory. you like, gave me <laughs> chicken wings or chicken McNuggets. And my body was like, I think the Monopoly game is back. I think you should go check that out. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could win something. <laughs> like, no, buddy, you know, I feel good right now. I don't want to. So you go into McDonald's withdraw. Mc, yeah. McDrawal? Mc, McDrawal, Mc, yeah. I don't know. That didn't work. We'll edit that out. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> it's fine. So you're uh, going to... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I went to... My last days were in Beijing. I go to Beijing and my my German friend who was there at the time, we, he came with me. And so that's where we met up with my cousins who were just there. You know, like we didn't... It was I don't remember how we just made a rendezvous point, you know, because we didn't really have access to... I didn't have access to internet or anything. Yeah, there was no uh, texting. <clears throat> no, such. they were they and they traveled around China. I don't even know where they went. They went to some weird cities. And that, China is not a small place. Right? No, it's a very big place. Yeah. They, I think, they even took planes around stuff. So you just happened to randomly come together. Yeah, I think I got an email at some point where they were staying at this hostel, and um, I, I I'll try to meet up with them, you know. And so I I went there, and they were out when I came. I don't know where they were, but that night they came back and it was like, you know, like you, you hadn't seen your family in so long and you just been get abduct abducted. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, you just get so emotional. I tried to play cool, Did but you? I was like inside. I was like, oh man, this feels so good. I like, so this is what it feels like to come back, you know, to the, to family. Like I'm picturing you like hugging them and then over their shoulder, like as you reach under, you're like taking bites out of a Big Mac, you know, <laughs> as you're I like, wish. you're clinging That would have been like the ultimate emotional and body fulfillment like i can die now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> my trip is over i'm good <laughs> i'm just saying that's if i make the movie that's that scene's happening <laughs> you should that that scene would be cool that right? would be the money maker you're hugging and like you're just biting the and mcdonald person. would pay a lot for that scene i think they'd be all over it we have our f funding right there yeah for the final placement you see how quickly this comes together richard hmm. now uh you talked about white crane no you didn't talk about white crane you talked about wushu wushu yeah and shaolin but Richard, you did Bagua? Bagua, right? Am I saying and it? Bagua, yeah. Bagua? Are you? Some people say Pakwa and some people say Bagua. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I say Pakwa, Pakwa Chang or Bagua Zhang. Bagua, Bagua Zhang. Zhang. Yeah. All right. Do you, are you, you're familiar with, did you learn any of that? Um, I learned, I didn't learn the Bagua, but I know what the style is. Okay. How is it different from, I mean, without turning this into a Kung Fu documentary? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's an internal style. Okay. Yeah. It's and, like. Zingyi, Bagua, yeah. 
and tai chi, tai chi yeah. are like the three internal styles okay. so like my style is very external it's very like you know it's, it's expressive it's very i wouldn't i don't want to say physical because both of them are pretty physical but it's like uh, like you know how tai chi is very like they use the internal energy uh-huh. a lot that's what internal styles would be okay and it's very um, so the movements maybe are more um, restrained not restrained but they seem more internal I think, you, I think a lot of it is, is a lot of breathing involved okay Richard can you confirm this yeah yeah it's definitely I think that's one it's of, a lot the, of the main chi differences that they use qigong styles and, and the, the external styles tend to be more kind of I don't know like yeah it's it's more like animated elbow kind of like more I guess more uh, rigid in some senses okay so like Jeet Kune Do which Jeet Kune Do Jeet Kune Do excuse me Jeet Kune Do is that's the Bruce Lee style that was his special style of Kung Fu right yeah he created it okay and that would that be more considered an internal or a no I think that's external that's very external right with the with the flamboyant kicks <clears throat> and the one inch punch and all that mm-hmm. so one but thing even then like when, when people say that they, it, there's never like a, a thing where oh that's internal you know what i mean like it's just right. a, a category of styles that they have you know because the, the reason i'm asking is because um on fire in a hole we one thing we've like we are also searching for ourselves a little bit we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out where 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 our style is you know mm-hmm. not to make it uh, you know, sound all mystical and stuff, but we're kind of looking for our, for our style. And uh, one of the things, one of the themes that has accidentally kind of come back to the show time and time again is how we like to sort of peel back the the fantasy, the fiction behind some of these things, yeah. especially things like Kung Fu that have an incredible package in terms of stereotypes mm-hmm. and incredible... We started talking about films before we talk, talked about the martial art, yeah. right? Sure. Um, so very quickly, if I asked both of you guys, like, what are some of the major misconceptions about Kung Fu uh, that are in popular media? What would they be? Well, I mean, people can't really fly when okay. they know Kung Fu, you know, like Crouching <laughs> Tiger style. Like leaping up onto the tip of the sword of the yeah. other guy. But that's a, that's a that's a literature style where a lot of the, you know, the novels written, like the characters, that's what they would do. And that became in the, the legends. Yeah, in the legends, like they're superheroes. Yeah, in exactly. Way. That's the superhero version. Of they're Olympus. Like they're, arts, they're, yeah. they're Greek gods, basically. Yeah, right? kind of. Yeah. It's like when you your your kung fu strong enough, you can do break the laws of physics. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's like a stereotype. So like the master is walking next to the student on the gravel road, mm-hmm. and then he asks him to listen, and he says. You know, I, I can hear our footsteps. He's like, no, you can hear your footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like this big, you know, revelation. Like okay. this, like... You should put that in your movie too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, that, did that? Did you hear that line somewhere? Because that was an amazing line. No, I, I read it in, it was in a book. That's amazing. Like Kung Fu. That sounds like yeah. something Tarantino would be really into. Yeah, something like that. Okay, or, that sounds like, like a Kung Fu, you know, the Kung Fu TV show? Yeah. That they would carry it in? That sounds like what his master would say. It, yeah, I exactly. could hear him saying it, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Or there's like you know all these stories about the the guys who go into a cave for thirty years and then come out with these revelations or yeah. all the the animal styles too. You know, like this guy's like the serpent and this guy's the dragon. This guy's the a lot of that monkey, in the films. This guy's but there the, are actually the funny styles of that nature. This like like 
animal based styles obviously. yeah there's a lot of that in the traditional like even hongar the southern style you know kung fu panda all those animal characters yeah. are based off kung fu styles right that was like a literal yeah, yeah. yeah except this... for panda because that <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> it's not really yeah it's not really a style <laughs> it's dr- maybe close drunken boxing perhaps maybe, maybe. if you really want to push it Dr- mm-hmm. you know the, the thing about these styles is that okay tell me okay i want to know that specifically is that legit the drunken boxing or is that yeah, well some it's, it's the same it's the it. same thing as um the tiger style snake style these are traditional styles that they used to practice and they still practice now in the you know in okay. kung fu. but you're not actually like knock like knocking back the clay pitcher as you're no. fighting well n- n- not that i know of okay? okay but that's the thing is the 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 whole concept of the drunken style is not to be drunk it's to pretend you're drunk to fool the enemy oh, okay. so when you're off balance they think you're off balance but you're really not so a lot of the times when you're doing these these forms it's you're you're playing drunk and then boom you're back into oh, you're, it you're so, playing possum yeah, yeah it's oh. deception it's and, a bit of the same thing with the fan yeah you, like the fan is is a is a and people are like whoa you're a fop you're a, you're <laughs> like, right, what is what is this uh, within the fan is it like you know sharp blades and stuff but a lot of it is like they're they're Deception. putting the fan up in front so you don't they don't you don't see what's coming right oh okay they hide the they hide their moves uh-huh. behind this fan so like all you see is this fan up in your face and then you get you know yeah. hit by something <clears throat> and awesome. i think out of all the traditional styles in modern times i think the drunken one is the one that's the most useful because if you pretend you're drunk when you're not and you get into this you know altercation like you can you have the advantage the guy thinks you're you're drunk yeah it's it's the old mm. it's the old like oh my my leg's not okay no hitting in the balls yeah. and then like you nail them right in the yeah, exactly between the legs um i remember you richard like a long time ago t- telling me about some style i think it was you something about uh it's like rat style or some sort of rat Maybe I, I have the wrong... But it was... Somebody was telling me about the style... Was maybe, it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No. <laughs> was it a rat mimicking the master's action from, from the my cage, master's from the cage. cage? No, no. Somebody was... No. Wait. It's, it maybe has nothing to do with rat. Here's what I remember. I think you told me, or I think someone told me a story about how there's a style that involves disgusting, like bringing your opponent to a level of disgust where you you act so meek and so weak and so like slimy and you're just like a little bug and then the idea the whole idea behind it is to um um, sort of encourage your opponent to like want to kick you like like you're a dog right Mm -hmm. and the whole style starts with you kind of acting yeah like scum Uh and then when the kick comes like you grab the foot and then you leap over and you land under her throat or something or you you, you smash like does this any any of this am i making it, it does sound a little bit it sounds familiar. like some ninja stuff though like <laughs> yeah you know ninjas would do this everywhere. like you grab the leg and then you like flip it and then the person like lands on their head and obviously cracks their skull open and then it's like a really super deceptive style yeah maybe there's something to do with ninjutsu or something but i think all... it was choile foot maybe choile foot I, I think so okay choile foot maybe. is very uh, very uppercut style they do a lot of uppercuts i don't I think that was a Combo specific breakers. move that I'd <laughs> seen in a Charlie Foot uh, demonstration. Ah, okay. You know, like the um, I don't know if you, you guys watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. The the animated course, series. Yeah. I've watched some episodes. Yeah. Yeah. The the earth bending styles is very. There's a lot of Charlie Foot elements in it, and there's a lot of hungar in it. Okay. Which is all southern style. Like right? a lot of stomping. And yeah, stuff southern like that. styles are very low and very like low stances, mm-hmm. and very powerful strikes. As northern styles more like you know flowy and okay acrobatic okay so like uh, or like the wind uh, yeah exactly the airbenders the fire ah. too 
same thing in the fire internal style you see the water is like right yeah it's fluid yeah i guess that'd be more like the but you know bagua actually is the the airbending style was based on bagua oh was it really yeah like it's a very like uh you know you circle around and Mm -hmm. you avoid more than you you attack and yeah. that's what airbending is is like you kind of use the enemy and then you avoid him and yeah you're pushing him back and f- yeah. right with the <clears throat> with the inertia or whatever exactly Fuck yeah there was a lot of cool. twisting and like you know circular movements too like you're using kind of like your spine as a spring yeah kind of stuff geez you know the more i think about this the more i realize like when we talked about how everything is fictionalized in our society i can't right now think of anything more where there's more disinformation than martial arts Mm-hmm. particularly kung fu and all these other like there and ironically most of the misinformation comes from the chinese yeah through their yeah. for the fictionalizing of their right even in the forms apparently the you know they would demonstrate their the forms they would look kind of like a dance but they would hide all of these the martial applications to these moves oh because it's all the secret keeping they're trying to keep their secrets uh-huh. so that if you go against somebody of that style that they don't know exactly what you're gonna come up against sort right. of thing. so they make it into like a more of a dance rather than like what it's intended to be which is like grab the throat and you know like clearly yeah i mean bruce lee was essentially the conduit to everything in in this part of the world mm-hmm. the martial arts right and then <clears throat> I remember we had a kung fu or, or martial arts section in, in, in film school where we watched a bunch of these films, but more from a political context. And uh, I remember learning how the kung fu martial arts explosion in the United States mm-hmm. uh, accidentally tied in with the black power movement. Yeah. Because... Um, Just like the civil rights movement in the... In China, in Hong Kong, there was, there was like a tie... Basically, they made us watch Enter the Dragon... And explained to us that there was this whole subtext of Chinese pride in it mm-hmm. and an emancipation and that I'd never would have picked up on because you're just reeling from the awesomeness of, of Bruce Lee <laughs> in the whole setup, right? Mm-hmm. But that there's this whole subtext of emancipation, of being proud of being Chinese after having been considered the yellow menace yeah. for by the Cold War, right? Mm-hmm. There's this emancipation and then like the black people in the U.S. completely tied into that. They understood it. And they, they really love the Kung Fu films too. They love it. Yeah, and they, they I think there was a whole, you know, black exploitation era where a lot of them are <clears throat> martial artists yeah. that are. And like a legit whole, ones. Yeah. yeah. And black they, there's Bell a Jones. lot of, yeah, Black Belt Jones, Jim Kelly, and yeah. uh, there's a. Will Chamberlain. The, the Black Dragon, which is uh, um, still, you know, training today. Is that right? Yeah. There's a documentary actually that I just. Uh, I watched it. It's really good. Uh, the one on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I put it in my list. Yeah, Which one is that? It's it's what's it called? Uh, I forgot what it's called. I think it deals black, pres- black kung fu experience. I think. Yeah, the black kung fu experience. That's yeah. right. Uh, so you guys check that out. Yeah. So it, it literally addresses that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do they back in China? Like, does I mean, clearly Bruce Lee was their greatest export. Yeah. Right. Is he? But as a pure martial artist, does he have the recognition? by like the Shaolin monks and things like that. Do you even know? Um, they don't really. They they know who he is. Um, I guess they don't really watch films that much. Right, but, clearly. I mean, because Bruce Lee is, is is a thing in his own, you know, like he, he started off doing Wing Chun and then going to the States and teaching Wing Chun, which, you know, like that's how he got like a lot of foreigners. Well, foreigners, he was a foreigner. Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, And he got in trouble for that too, right? Yeah, he got in trouble for that. But then, you know, in that trouble, he he was challenged to a match and then 
he fought the guy he won but he won and it took him too long to win in his opinion and that's where he's like okay Wing Chun doesn't work for me I gotta create a new style and that's where he came up with Jeet Kune Do so you know as a martial artist you know he he's more of like his lifestyle is martial arts more so than him being a movie star and then practicing martial arts because everything he does you know is for that right but he just happened to also have this incredible charisma yeah right and but you kind of like the screen too. but see that's the thing is like people a lot of people don't know that he was a child actor too right and his dad was an actor too yeah and so chinese he, chaplain basically. yeah pretty much and so that was like his upbringing was you know chinese opera and films and so he's always loved that medium mm -hmm. and he loves like cinema to begin with it's yeah. just a thing that just melted together so perfectly well like you know, one of the, the, the pleasures and also maybe also one of the, the potential pitfalls of becoming enamored with anything is that when you see anything that's highly fictionalized, mm -hmm. that is that when you watch it, it may or may not either lessen your experience or heighten it, right? So I went to film school, I did some films, mm -hmm. and often people ask me like, okay, like, do you, are you able to enjoy films now? Or are you just like, oh, the lighting, oh, the camera work, or... Yeah. Uh, do you have that experience now when you watch martial arts films? I mean, are you... Well, as a martial artist, I love martial arts films. As a stunt performer, sometimes not so much, you know? Like a lot of um, a lot of people in, I would say, Hollywood or in the Western, you know, cities, they, they don't really shoot action properly. Um, a lot of close cuts, a lot of uh, quick cuts. A lot Sh of shaky cam. Shaky cam. Uh -huh. And a lot of, you know, not really knowing how to choreograph a good action scene to make right. it coherent and understandable. And that's a, it's a different mentality, though, in when you go to Hong Kong and you do a film there. A lot of the times you have the director that's there to direct the film. And then when it's an action scene, he would leave and there's an actual action director that comes in and handles the action. Right. I don't know if it, it's fiction, reality, fiction, reality. Yeah. It's going through the process so many times that... Right in just that setting, right? Yeah, exactly. Because you want to have a fight, but it can't be a real fight. But it's got to be choreographed. But it, get, and, it has but to it, look legit. It if you're going to do it all in yeah. one shot. It's very different than like cut, 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 yeah, cut for cut, sure. Cut. And it has to, like a lot of the action scenes when they're bad is because they don't actually help the story. Hmm. They're gratuitous. Yeah, and it, it's either they're gratuitous or, you know, they um, you don't really see what's happening because it's either too dark or it cuts too fast it's shaky cam or the actor you can't perform the stunts yeah. and either you because of that they cut really fast so you don't notice or the actor really wants to do his own stunts and they're he's he or she's not very good and they leave it in right and to for me that like like that kind of i don't know kind of pulls me back from the movie and like it knocks you out of the state of suspension yeah of exactly my mm -hmm. suspension of disbelief is kind of it's very uh, right, you know. But the demands of the audience must be very different in Asia as opposed to so. North America because Probably. they're much more educated when it comes to martial arts. I think they're used to seeing the the quality right. style of action. And you see that like uh, I watch a lot of MMA stuff, mm -hmm. and like you, a lot of that stuff ends up being like a kind of a chess game, you know? Like yeah. the two guys, like yeah, they're they're down on the ground, they're they're grappling, and they're yeah. doing some stuff, but. With a North American audience, they get bored of that super fast, yeah. right? Like they're down there, even if they're, even if they're working really hard, even if like their technique is super strong, mm -hmm. like they're, you know, want, like they're they're going for for different positions and stuff. 
like the the audience isn't like it at all but in like if they're in japan yeah then like everyone's just enamored with it and they're all clapping at these like small little small, changes yeah, in transitions even, yeah. even in pro wrestling this is the case oh i'm sure it's till this day uh where wrestling is kind of faded out of uh, the pop culture here uh your average japan show still draws a good 10 20 30,000 people and they'll clap well they like to clap but they'll clap for like an arm bar mm-hmm. like just a classic like you know, uh, armbar takedown or yeah. clothesline, well executed. They actually will applaud the technique behind it. Where here's like, okay, when are the, when are the flaming chairs coming out? Yeah. Exactly. More explosions. More explosions. <laughs> explosions. I guess like it really depends on who's watching and if that person knows what this is, then they'll appreciate the art. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's you know for for films is hard to do because you know it's hard to target a specific audience that knows yeah. what they want or you know make it explode, which. Yeah, you know, a lot it of was like were... when they tried to uh, to export hockey uh, to the U.S. and trying to make it more exciting, and like, like there was like monster robots in between <laughs> periods, and right. like they had all these like graphics like showing the puck more, and oh yeah, the, the know, laser beams, <laughs> the, the neon shit. puck, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like and all it, that stuff. They were trying to basically NFL the NHL. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it's funny what you should mention. I was going to get to that point exactly. Is that uh, it's all about audience? All about audience. Because um, I spent most of my youth working in a video store. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where my love affair with film started, as many many filmmakers did. But uh, I remember there were a, there was a specific class of dudes that. And they always had giant wallets, like overstuffed wallets, like the Costanza wallets. Oh, yeah. I just re- made this weird realization just as I'm speaking. Like they all had those wallets that were too full of of stuff. Anyway, I don't know what that means. But there was a specific class of dudes that would show up because they knew that the next batch of Seagal films. Mm. And then like Seagal was the best stuff in that category. And the, yeah, at that time. Yeah. And everything yeah. else. Like there was the, the Billy Blanks team. Yeah. Uh, that whole it was the Van Damme the Van Damme group, team yeah. <laughs> uh, and there were all of these low budget teams and they were they, they did not give a, a, a fuck about any of the new releases mm-hmm. like the new the, the big movies that were coming right. out right they were exclusively they're like okay did, uh, did Commando 9000 come right. out <laughs> uh, uh, what, King of the Kickboxers 17 mm-hmm. is it out yet and they would literally just grab all of them and go on a mad binge right. and I would get questions straight up, like, which one of these has more fights? <laughs> How do you... Right? Yeah. So, clearly, those people knew their clientele. Yeah. And even if they wanted to maybe justify all of the fights and have them contribute to the story, the, their, their demographic was telling them more, more, more explosions. Yeah, for sure. More fights. And I love I loved that. They clearly... They, those guys, clearly watched these Hong Kong movies, too. Yeah, for sure. Because they did the exact same thing. They trained together. Uh, and then they would rotate. Yeah. Right. This time Billy Blanks is the villain. Next time <laughs> yeah. it's that tall, freaky dude that yeah. was in I Come in Peace. Uh, the, the giant guy, the blonde with long hair dude. Uh, he was like part of that crew. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Don the Dragon Wilson. I, I don't know if he was directly connected to Billy Blanks' crew, but I remember he no, I used to she... pop up. Uh, of course, uh, what's her name? Um, Cynthia, Cynthia Rothrock. Rothrock. Yeah, she was. The... She, but she went to do a lot of Hong Kong films too, though. Yeah. Yeah, and she was really good. Well, they're they're over there. They're gods, right? Yeah, for sure. Like here, they're funny C-list mm-hmm. actors um, that end up doing guest commentating on UFC shows. Mm-hmm. But in China, they're probably legends, right? Because yeah. that's another thing about Asia and that part of the world is like you do one cool thing at some point in your career, they will remember forever. 
I think like uh, as long as hole. as long as you you know as long as you do well and you're you do a good job in China, then they'll keep hiring you and but they're very critical of your work. Right, but they're like they really get involved, right? Yeah. Um, Abdullah the Butcher. You've all heard of Abdullah the Butcher, the the like the the wrestler from the fifties, with the 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 mad Sudanese man with the cuts in his forehead. He was like the original blood blade, like bloody match guy. Mm-hmm. He's this fat dude who convinced the world that he was from the mad, the Sudanese madman, and he's from like Alberta or something. Uh, his name's like Al, <laughs> and he I think he runs a rib joint now. Um, and during the height of his popularity, and this is a guy that never signed to the big federations, right? He was indie his whole life. Till this day, with his titties like hanging down to the floor now, because he's so old, and he was never like a body ever. Till this day, mangled in his 60s, he can still pack the house in Asia, anywhere. Oh, yeah. Because he's legend. He's legend. Yeah. Right? Like, he's legend. And even if he can't do, I mean, he again, he wasn't even an acrobatic guy. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of elbow drops and leg drops, whatever. But he just like like rolls into that ring all awkwardly and stuff. And like you can't hear, you go deaf from the adulation because they just have this long memory. It's the same reason all these uh, 80s uh, hair bands are still doing well over there, mm-hmm. right? Like Mr. Big and Warren and whatever can still pack the house in that place. There's just, they have a long memory, right? Do you hear the grasshopper, which is at your feet? Old man. How is it that you hear these things? Young man, how is it that you do not? You mentioned that you did uh, wushu before. Yeah. And like wushu versus the traditional martial arts. Yeah. Uh, like I, I trained with uh, Master Yang at Wudang Internal. Shout out yeah, to Master yeah. Yang. <laughs> Wudang Internal, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, like apparently, you know, descended from a, a long lineage of masters and he, he was talking a little bit about the the shift in in china where a lot of masters are, are leaving china because they're forced to move over to this wushu thing yeah right and the wushu is more of kind of like the sport and like the dance yeah. as opposed to the the martial application and now there's this 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 whole thing between the the traditional and the wushu mm-hmm. and then and you also have all these kind of pretenders that are they do like bad form and then they just like, oh yeah, well this is, it's ugly because it's the, it's the real deal. I'm not doing wushu, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that kind of thing. It's independent film. Right. It's, so, indie. it's the so, indie film of martial arts. So obviously like there's, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a value to, to both of those things. Yeah. But, uh, it, from what he was saying, it, the, the move towards wushu within China was to kind of take some power away from the population. Cause if yeah. everybody's trained to be able to fight, they kind of want to, you know, they want to like neuter the population a little bit, like make them a little bit less right. martial, I suppose. Well, from what I understand, uh, the government at the time were banning anything relating to religion. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> Shaolin Kung Fu is obviously very religious. And a lot of the martial arts come from that root, uh, the traditional martial arts anyways. And, uh, but then, you know, so they turn it into more of a sport thing. Then they realize the Shaolin Temple can make them money, so now they're like promoting it, you know. But it's uh, a lot of the schools in Dongfeng, the Kung Fu city I was mentioning earlier. A lot of it is just basically a wushu version of Shaolin techniques, unless you find like a good master that 
likes the tradition and keeps uh, teaching the traditional styles. But from what I understand, that's the reason why it started to become more contemporary. But like, but by by that definition, wushu is less martial, right? Yeah. It's not really a martial <clears throat> art because it doesn't it's, have. It's just well, it's like a it's, it's an like art gymnastics. Right? Yeah, gymnastics. But the martial art is is like a, a fighting. Yeah, art. the the applications in wushu is you you can't really use. It's very it's not very easy, like efficient in a real fight. I would say. Right. I mean, obviously, but it looks really nice. It looks very nice, and yeah. but you know, a punch is a punch, a kick is a kick. You can see the applications in that, but um, you know, very wide stances is usually not a very good thing to do in a real fight. But it looks nice, right? Mm. So it lends itself nicely, I guess, to maybe uh, film choreography in that case. Yeah, film. Uh, actually, Jet Li was a wushu champion when he was a kid, and you know, he became famous for his wushu style and. Um, Jackie Chan, his style is more um, Chinese opera. Yeah. But Hence all, the comedy. Yeah, but also the because he learned acting, he learned singing, he learned, you know. I mean, that's right. He's a recording artist. Yeah, those, the Chinese opera is intense. Yeah, I actually did a bit of Chinese opera, and it is very intense. It's very, uh, it, it, it's, it's similar enough to what I learned in martial arts that I can learn it, but it's different enough just to piss off my muscle memory you know okay <laughs> that's interesting and it's like i can't get it right because of that like i can i understand the concept of it but my kick is just not the same exactly but in, in chinese opera like and again i'm going on what i know which is very little mm -hmm. uh my understanding is that precision is everything and and the movement and down to mm -hmm. like your fingernail position is, yeah everything it, is. it's extremely meticulous right it has to be because um, the way you move is how you show the character. Okay. So a lot of even the way that you walk is very uh, specific to each character because there's there's like warrior archetypes and uh, clowns and you know the the female often played by male and back in the days that's where you know you know you see who is playing who by how they move. Okay. Yeah, which is, I'm sure, it, it, again, if Eric was here, he could make some parallels probably with uh, even something like Shakespearean theater, mm -hmm. where the same thing happened for a very long time in Greek theater as well. Female roles were still played by men. Yeah. Um, and incidentally, the very best kung fu films that I've watched, my absolute favorite from a fighting perspective, were all of the uh, Venom Group films. Yeah. Who apparently were all opera trained. Yeah, there were a lot of them were from it, Chinese opera. And like, they're all like 78. Uh, era films mm -hmm. and then I started watching some that were done a couple of years before and the Kung Fu I mean clearly the actors are trained yeah. right but there was something about the Venom Group films where the fighting is absolutely absolutely spectacular like the guys <laughs> every single one of them is like the forms there was one apparently in the gang that he was not actually officially part of the group so he's not in all of them mm -hmm. Uh, the one that looks kind of noble, he plays like the, he's basically, I guess, like the, the handsome one in the group. <laughs> and even in the films where they're all going through, because the, the, the classic makeup of the Kung Fu film is it, they get right into it, yeah. right? Yeah, The élément sure. déclencheur, the, the, right? Like the, 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 the item, that, the, the thing that happens that sets up the movie happens literally in the first 10 first, seconds the of the film. is like a, a, somebody gets killed or something like that. Yeah, family gets slaughtered, <laughs> yeah. uh, master gets killed. Um, we have to ship it's this really goal. It's really abrupt. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And because, it ends the same way too, where it ends just like 
really like the, the second the, the bad the guy last, drops yeah the bad guy dies and then the, the hero would say something stupid and then walk away and then credits yeah. yeah but sometimes like there's not even that line no sometimes the bad guy drops credits 10, ten minutes and wow. freeze frame in credits yeah another sh- another shop another shop brothers production yeah. right yeah but the 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 forms were absolutely without knowing too much about kung fu um the the form the the, the delivery was absolutely spectacular well, in all those films the one thing that w- might differentiate the the movies you saw before the the venoms group was pr- probably due to the the director yeah and also the fight choreographer that that's i think probably where yeah. the, the big because difference was because all those guys have the skill set to do amazing choreography no matter who they are it doesn't didn't have to be that venom group you know it could have been any other actor but if you if you clearly like get a good choreographer and you know make him present a fight that's you know that's well done mm-hmm. and i think you can get some crazy shit well i mean i guess this would be a great point to ask you about that so in a very real way in almost a very uh, like a beautiful transition here is that okay you you went out you learned it for real yeah. you did it for real you went to see if the fiction was real mm-hmm. and then you found out some of it was and some of <laughs> yeah. it wasn't but then you come back and then when did the choreography stunt stuff occur to you um <clears throat> i when i came back i didn't really know what to do in my life career wise you know um so i was looking in the those newspapers that they hand out in the metros okay the free the free yeah rags. The, the, the metro the 24 or something like that mm-hmm. i was just looking through the back and there's these ads for school programs and whatnot and there was a school program for acupuncture and i'm like acupuncture that's dope that's like that's that, that will complement my martial art very well and it's something that i'm very interested in and i have some family members that are doing it right now and then I was like, okay, I was I was set on joining this acupuncture program. And then next to it, a stage combat class. By Sean Bechu? It was it, Sean Bechu wasn't written on it, but it was a stage combat class at okay. Dawson, which would end up being taught by Sean Bechu. Wow. And I'm like, you can do this? Huh. This is a thing? Yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> you know, like at that time I was a dancer and a martial artist, so fight choreography to me was if you could do something like that. And get paid for it that would blow it my mind it sounded like a fantasy job yeah. right when and you're a kid when you come up with fantasy job I'm like i'm going to be president yeah. of parachuting <laughs> and this yeah. is what right i'm going to be the president of the anti-cigarette league and like and you come up with these jobs i've right? always wanted to be in a kung fu movie since i was watching kung fu films with clearly my dad. so i was always like that, that was my thing i was i think maybe everyone has always probably. everyone especially watching bruce lee yeah, to me is like that, that was what I wanted to do. Every kid at some I remember being like 10, 12 years old going home with my my school bag mm. and an, an empty street and I would fantasize about like um you know ninjas popping out of the <laughs> and how I would take them down with these like throat strikes or whatever. So I re, I was already into that. I think every boy can relate to that. Probably, okay. Yeah. So you being fresh back from China yeah. Le- leaping through the, the, the back of the, the classified ads. Yeah. This is another movie scene. Are you, yeah. are you kidding me? Right? Like, how is this not a script? This is like just fate, I guess. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think too much of it at the time. I thought stage combat sounds fun. And I'll do that while I search for other stuff, you know? Mm. And then I, you know, I go to this class and I just have such a fun time learning all these techniques that, you know, I could you know, adapt to my style of fighting. And you meet Sean as well. I meet Sean, and I took two classes, like two sessions, 
it was like a few weeks per session kind of thing and I, I took level one and then level two and then we just you know started becoming friends and hanging out and working on various things together but he must have been immediately like whoa i don't know like because there's a lot of you know students in the class right. at the time and i think i was the one with the least acting experience and um I guess, but I had the most martial arts experience. And Sean also does martial arts, so we bonded over that. Okay. And as a teacher, how did you find him? He was, he was very good. Yep. I think I learned a lot from him. I actually learned all stage combat from him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stunt stuff that I still, to this day, like I, <clears throat> I can adapt from what I learned from him. So to me, that was pretty much uh, the thing that set off me wanting to do movies and TV and stuff stage stuff you know i didn't think it was possible until i hung out with these people who are actually doing it in real life and to me that was just a fantasy kind of thing but hanging out with these people talking about their jobs and what they do when they're not working made me feel like this is a possible thing and i just tried to ease my way into that industry and i guess it's amazing because i guess uh you're all excited about the the possibility of you being able to do this for yeah. fun meanwhile you run into people who don't have the martial arts background and package and then suddenly when they're doing a, maybe a move that they learned in a fight choreography context mm-hmm. and i now s- starting to remember moments on the set of punisher no mercy where somebody would do like an attack and you'd be like well you know, you can also do it this way. And like you would actually show where yeah. that move probably originally came from. For sure. I think the the thing that I learned, the that's the most important thing that I learned in stage combat was how to present my ideas as a fight choreographer. Because a lot of things I didn't know, like I would just do something because it looked cool. But I didn't understand the how to set it up. Because setting it up is more important almost than the move, you know? Because the audience, when they just see the move, they don't see it coming. But if you set it up, and you kind of trick them into getting ready to see the move. Okay. That's the thing that I'm still trying to adapt to today. So, Which is the opposite of what you actually want yeah, to do in a fight. And that's the thing too. <laughs> is like Now, I think if I get attacked in the street now, I probably won't be that good at defending myself. I'll probably sell the hit yeah. or you know, like, like react in a way that's spectacular. But I don't know if I can defend it's myself. It's like in WWE where you have to sell the move, right? Yeah. Like, right. Look like you got hurt. Like, ah. Yeah, you have to do like, that. And then you find out, yeah, because the first wave of that, when in that that sport or whatever, that style was exposed, was like, oh, well, they're not really hurting each other, so this is garbage. But then you find out, as these guys start dying at 40, one after the other, that it is infinitely harder in some ways to go into uh, a a simulated combat and sell sell the drama of it and tell the story of it because they're that's the the way the good wrestlers like the the traditionalists that's the way they see it is they're telling a physical story that's kind of the wushu of wrestling okay kind of right yeah well wushu is very um performance based yeah so yeah you could say that yeah but to actually be able to lift a guy and spin him and and land him and not kill him because he's got to be on the do the same yeah. match again the next night in another Safety city. Do all the stunts, you know? Yeah, it's they're, they're working in harder. tandem, yeah. working as a team. And imagine the absolute trust that has to happen between these guys in order for, sure. for them yeah. to be, be able to. And there's horror stories of people doing like a pile driver the wrong way, and yeah, like the kids too, like kids just trying it out in the backyard. And yeah, other kids. Well, you got to yeah. think that when the martial arts fever hit North America, there was a whole bunch of those yeah. deaths. There was right? a, there was an incident I remember when the Power Rangers came out. Oh yeah, 
A lot of kids. Oh, yeah. were, a lot of kids were just playing and being Power Rangers, and uh-huh. they would just attack each other. <laughs> well, my own kids actually. I, uh-huh. I try to. They're too young for Power Rangers, but I'm trying to. But the minute they see anything like that, they immediately want to emulate it. Yeah, so of course. That's a that's a definite. Yeah. So if I may ask, like, clearly as a choreographer now and as a stunt martial artist, but also mm-hmm. real martial artist, do you see any of this stuff being like? Clearly, a lot of it is being misused. Do you, do you ever see it in any context where like it pisses you off or it, it, you it makes you angry? Like for a film thing or in real life thing? From everything from these guys who uh, claim these secret, mm. you know, uh, styles and who run these schools and who make money yeah. off of selling people on a little bit on the on the fantasy of it. Well, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. Like so it I, used to piss you off. It used to bother me when a lot of people would just put Shaolin in front of, like, at, in their names. That's true. That was like a yeah, and it wasn't like it had nothing to do with the Shaolin temple at all, you know. Right. And um, but you know it attracts. There's a marketing. Yeah. It's, it's, like fat free. Exactly, and so to me, like, whatever. Like at before, I was angry, but what can I do? You know. Have you ever? Did you ever, like confront anyone about that not about that per se like i to me it's just like a waste of energy to okay. really but about what with. then because you didn't say not about that about something else um i'm sorry i'm fishing for controversy, controversy. <laughs> or if you've like run into any kind of fakers knowing that like you know you've you've done sort of the legit path you've been there doing this a, since like you're a little kid there was a guy at a, a school i went to at some point he um he was claiming to be a Wing Chun expert. Okay. And from what I like, I've never studied Wing Chun, but I've, I've I read a book about Wing Chun, and that knowledge to me was already more than what this kid was. Like it was enough to expose <laughs> yeah. him. And he was like saying stuff like, oh, you know, we should train together. I'll teach you some stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm always down to learn new martial arts stuff, right? So, this is a North American guy or an yeah, Asian? Yeah, he's, a, he's a, a, a French Canadian from guy. the South Shore. The South Shore, okay. And I, so I go to his house after school one day with the other people. Like he needed an audience, uh-huh. kind of, but he thought he was going to, you know. He's going to show you up. He, he thought he was going to school me on some Wing Chun stuff. And so he, this is the this is by the way the climax of a film, <laughs> a film that we're, we're making this movie, we're making this goddamn movie. Okay. He, this guy's like, okay, grab my wrist. Already then I'm like, okay, oh, you know, God, he's one of yeah. those guys like, like pull my finger, yeah. you know, <laughs> hit me as hard as you can. Yeah. So then I grab his wrist, and then he uses a Wing Chun technique to get out of it, and then he, he, you know, twists my arm, and then he's like, huh? See, this is a this is a Wing Chun technique, and then. I get out of that using not any real technique, just my instinct kind of thing. Like you just lean back. Yeah, I just like <laughs> using like physics kind okay. of thing, and then I put him in an armbar, and I'm like, "You mean like this?" And he's like, "Yeah, you could do that too." Yeah, <laughs> and then we proceed to doing like a slow motion fight kind of thing, just to we didn't want to hurt each other, uh-huh. and it was a small space, so we were just doing some grappling, like joint locks, kind of fighting, and like. He just had no idea what he like what to do. Like he he learned the first move kind of thing, and he. This is all of these guys in the United States that did like three months of taekwondo, <laughs> like like North American taekwondo, and immediately moved to a small town. And you were talking about how Shaolin became like a like a marquee thing yeah. to put up on your school. Uh, they did the kwando, yeah. or they would immediately they would merge their last names. <laughs> 
and then add like a, a dangerous sounding animal and then like there would be like red scorpion la joie <laughs> quando la joie quando right and then these there's um, millions of pictures yeah. like this online of these guys with their self with their um, tailored um, blood red geese yeah and they all had yeah. mustaches for some reason. With, with golden <laughs> golden cobras on the back and oh, yeah. Yeah. right and they're all like they're all a guy named ron <laughs> there's the it's something about martial arts that just attracts douchebags yeah and they don't yeah they don't last they don't make it through right they just take just enough classes mm-hmm. and then wash out to be able to like i mean, we worked with one guy i don't remember what his name was but he was i remember going we walked down to the metro to the subway at the same time and i'd see him like in the subway station like doing kicks against like a pole like ha just to like so that everyone walking by would be like oh that guy's hardcore he must be into some shit yeah Yeah. and anyone who's done martial arts would know that this guy is just you know he doesn't have the humility doesn't have the right you know attitude he's obviously doing this thing just for show you're not getting better by like pretending to kick this pole right in public you know he just he watched kickboxer a bunch of times that's it he want he just wants everybody to to Uh know that you know he's the guy well, the, to, which is very counterculture to anything. It immediately exposes. Like usually, anybody who's done martial arts for yeah. any you know period of time, like they're the salt of the earth, like humble fucking people who like they don't get into fights at all. You know, they got nothing to prove. Super kind to everybody that they run into. Mm-hmm. They're not like pretending to kick people in the metro. That depends on the teacher, though. It's true. So, like you've had like a co- if you have like a Cobra Kai yeah, type teacher, you, <laughs> even Miyagi said this is like a never bad student, only bad teacher. Yeah, yeah, it's just true. Yeah, and I've gone to a bunch of different schools and a bunch of different styles, and mm-hmm. like there's there's different ones, and it definitely attracts different types. Sh- of shout people. out to to Mr. Miyagi, by yeah. the way. Yeah, <laughs> rest uh, in power, Pat Morita. Rest in power, Pat Morita. Pat Morita. Uh, but th- there's 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 definitely a thing. There's an attraction to. I think too now is like of because of you know all the the MMA crazes coming up. Oh yeah. yeah. Big, oh, yeah. It's more. It's reignited that thing. Eh? To me, it's well. I mean, it's not like I wouldn't say it's attracting douchebags per se. It's just that it's more of a sport than mm-hmm. a, what a martial art is to me. Yeah. In my opinion, you know what I mean. So it's it's like. It is martial, you know, and there is an art to it, but to me, it's more of a sport. Right, because the end result is kind of, you come in with this, and now it's become very cookie cutter, right? You come in with the, they all kind of have gravitated to the same. They're all doing the Brazilian jiu-jitsu for the grappling. They're all doing the Muay Thai for the striking. Like, you know, they've all kind of become these Ken Shamrocky models. I guess a mix of Ken Shamrock and Hoyce Gracie and, Whatever else is back, but there's now like a UFC style. There is, right? Yeah, there's, there's, they've mixed and matched it's, and found out like what what works. Cor- corporate sustainable fighting, yeah. right? So they can have another match in a six to eight months and make it to the next pay per view. I mean, yeah. What's what's your take on on the absence of kung fu in, <laughs> in MMA? Well, I mean, I don't blame them like, like for that sport, that type of sport. Like they yeah. need what works, right? Well, it started off being like, oh, what would happen if we put yeah. a sumo guy against a kung fu guy or it's, a street very, brawler against it, a... It's different because a, a lot of the styles that, you know, the monks did back in the days is like the... the it's not for fighting, it's self-defense, right? And you can't self-defend for three rounds and five minutes per round. It's like, And there's so many rules that 
a lot of these most of the moves you do you can't you're, you're compromised to, yeah, by yeah you're not allowed to like uh, fish fish hook or eye gouge or you can't, like, even, you can't even bite like what right. no biting no biting what is no this? uh <laughs> that's like shell in 101 uh, is biting it's, it's like movie love making right yeah you like it's just it there's all these rules because of depending on the yeah. rating of i mean the film. you you have to have rules otherwise people would die you know like i don't blame them to have rules and well, you remember the like the first yeah three ufcs <laughs> it's like people yeah. were just getting their arms destroyed and yeah. limbs just couldn't finish a fight how much, how much bite training did you do in china not as much <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i didn't have all the meat that i wanted to eat <laughs> but, but talk, don't get me wrong on these athletes though the, they're amazing fighters of course you know course. and they're, they're physical amazing, specimens they're amazing yeah. athletes mm-hmm. and they're amazing at what they do it's just to me i like i like learning um not fighting you know what i mean like i mm-hmm. like learning forms and why people used to do this the history yeah. of it the context the context and mm-hmm. the 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 morality of of like of it that follows it you're more into the art and the culture yeah. rather than the martial yeah exactly yeah. i like to learn like that's why i didn't compete in wushu i i i wanted to learn many forms i didn't want to learn one form and be a beast at it you know yeah and like i didn't want to just be a fighter mm. i mean i can self defend myself if i have to probably but like if you put me in a ring for five minutes, I probably won't last that long, you know. Um, I mean, depending on who I fight, I guess. Well, I guess that leads us into the question of: Have you ever had to do that? Yeah, have, have you ever you, had to use? Have, your you, have you ever gotten I, into a serious serious fight where you're? I was. I told I didn't fight. I was, yeah, that's a perfect question. I have used my skills in many ways that aren't fight related. Okay. And this is oh, a lot more interesting than what people think of martial arts because I have avoided deaths many times falling you know like it's a lot of skills that involve reflexes a lot of dodging a lot of i got hit by a car once and i was fast enough to react in a way where i didn't get super hurt like break falls and rolls yeah i rolled onto the windshield and i was able to fall in a way and if i didn't have that reflex i probably would have gotten hit yeah like really like full force yeah and it's a lot of stuff where i'm just walking and there's like a tree branch you know and i would just dodge it it's not it, fighting per se everyday fuckery it's, yeah it's, it's, it prevents me from looking like an asshole like looking clumsy yeah. you know yeah the black eyes yeah. the classic canadian black eyes slip exactly. in the middle like, of everything it's a lot of it's a lot more of that than fighting that's what we're calling the film by the way black eyes okay <laughs> perfect because i was asked the, the same question on a yeah. previous podcast yes and and my take on it was that i was able to avoid a lot of fights yeah unnecessary fights yeah. because i didn't have like the you know the young man's ego sure, looking to sure. prove yourself like you know you get it you get it, you know you do your you do your training you do your proving in class you don't need to go out in the street and be an asshole and start picking fights mm-hmm. i got you I, know the one time i actually did something was the moment where i realized i shouldn't do anything because yeah. i was a young kid and i was bullied a lot as a kid and i was told yo don't fight back like you have all these skills you're, you're gonna kill someone yeah and as a kid you're like why, why am i doing what this the fuck then? am i learning this yeah for? yeah and there's this one kid who was like beating me up every day wow one day i just and the beatings started not hurting as much so that for one is uh, part of the training <laughs> you know you can you can you can take, take a beating a more you, yeah. you're, you're more you have more stamina the martial arts also helps you get in shape right mm. so whoever that kid could you was. imagine what i would look like all this McDonald's without the martial arts. <laughs> 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 I 
You could have been, uh, you know, E Honda. Exactly. You wouldn't, you wouldn't I would have been a super wrestler. Like, Although, yeah. to not, not to knock new sumo wrestlers, because I've seen footage on their training, and They're it's insane. brutal. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. It's all brutal. functional, like where they put their energy, you know? Yeah. So, did you beat up the bully? This kid, I, one time, I don't know what led to this, but I grabbed his throat with my eagle claw, and I was able to wrap my fingers around his Adam's apple and squeeze just enough to hear him go <laughs> and then i let go because i like i could i could see in his eyes that he was like losing his life you know yeah. it didn't last long but that moment to me was just okay i i can't use my you became aware of the yeah the, the, and the i was young too skills that you had yeah. from that age but that kid stopped bullying me after that but i guess so uh, that'll do it that'll yeah. do it but it's like you know uh, well in, in third grade um there was a total karate fit when I was in third grade. The karate fever and the kung fu fever. There was a kid. I'll, I'll never forget this kid. Uh, his name was Jean Claude. I swear to God, his no. name was Jean Claude. No, he wasn't. I swear uh, as on my mother, <laughs> on my, my mother's soul. You. His name was Jean Claude. He was Hispanic, and he was so enamored. I guess his dad probably watched a bunch of karate movies at home and let him watch. He wore a bandana like every day. Oh, okay. oh my God! And then. That was fine. And then whenever we'd go down for recess, he'd always jump the last four steps so he could do like a like a, like a jump a kick. Jump kick the jump kick was the ultimate <laughs> martial arts master. He was a douchebag in training. But he, we were like, this is third grade, right? Uh, innocence personified. And I remember uh, very vaguely, but I remember that one day he brought nunchucks to school, but they were not real nunchucks. Like it, they were homemade. <laughs> like it was like that hemp rope in the middle, like yeah. the, you know, like the, the woolly hemp rope uh, and I'm not even sure what the stick parts were I guess they were like uh, pieces of a chair or like you know like the back parts <laughs> of a chair that's dangerous though but he, he had snuck them to school and uh, he like swung them around and then he like every recess when everyone else playing dodgeball he's like I'm, I'm, I'm training for a fight <laughs> right was his thing but he was like a nice kid he wasn't a bully and I think he, he if I remember correctly he, uh, he caught someone in the face with by accident, yeah, he like broke some kid's nose, just Ooh. by one doing his like pretend martial arts, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if he was expelled, but I don't remember him after that point. But he what happened was, this we is never saw him again. We never saw him again. <laughs> and a completely unrelated incident, there was this kid who wanted to. This kid, I think his name was Antoine, and he kept he he tried to sort of single me out as like I'm gonna start picking on this guy. He was kind of bigger than everyone, yeah, and um he started to try to bully me right mm -hmm. and uh, he would like try to take my he-man lunchbox you know what with... your he-man yeah. lunchbox yeah because i i was the only kid or one of the only kids that had the he-man lunchbox yeah. the, you know the blue one the plastic one with yeah, the, yeah. right with the thermos inside yeah. or whatever and he kept trying to take it away from me when i would when it was school was over and then he sort of grabbed me by like my collar and was like you know give it to me you know and i decided that i knew martial arts of course, I knew nothing. And I just, I randomly punched him in the stomach, like real hard. And he was like, ow, 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 immediately, right? He, he like doubled yeah. over. And then he got back up and he like in hysteria, you know, like the kid hysteria when the snot's running down your face. He threw like this kick at me and by, I was leaning down to get my lunchbox. I wasn't <laughs> in any sort of, I, w I was supposed to eat that kick and then go down hard. But I was just positioned the way that his leg like landed in my, like I caught it mm -hmm. and I caught the leg and then I suddenly realized I'm holding his leg he's sort of skipping on his other leg <laughs> and the other kids are kind of looking at like oh this is a fight 
And I was like, okay, I have to look like I know what I'm doing. And I just kind of tossed his leg away. And he kind of like did this ballerina spin <laughs> and like fell flat on his face. And from that day on, for the rest of that third grade year, people were like, oh, man. Yeah, don't mess don't with fuck with don't, don't <laughs> fuck with the little brown kid. Don't fuck with the little brown kid. And then people start to try to recruit me for bullying to bully other people. Oh, they're wow. like, can you go beat up that kid? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. I would tell him because I like the the importance of it. But of course, I never yeah. go through with it because I wasn't the bully at all. <laughs> and I swear to God, I like I just I haven't thought about that in a very long time. But it was purely I accidental. I haven't thought about that kid. I almost killed since like like i was but that was for real like my my shit was all yeah like well, I mean, comedy my, <laughs> my my shit was all jackie chad your stuff was like you you, were, you got lucky <laughs> i got just it was pure luck but that's all it yeah, took like right jackie chad and bruce lee over here all right that's exactly <laughs> okay you had his life in your hands i did literally but literally but that that's actually a very important yeah that's i think that ties into what you were saying then when somebody legitimately has studied it never would they be like uh, you know, doing uh, elbow strikes on a f- telephone pole while waiting for the bus or whatever. Yeah. Be- if anything, they they have a deep, deep, deep respect and understanding of how lethal they could be. And it's drilled into you yeah. quite a bit as as you're doing the whole training stuff. And if like if you end up do like, like, if you do get this. into like yeah. some kind of scuffle and you act in a way that's unbecoming, then you're you're out. You know, I think that's one of the that's one of the conditions. Well, on the subject of hoaxes, um, if you want to watch both a, a very comedic and also very interesting documentary, uh, a colleague of mine sent this over a few months before it was officially released, but I think now it's available. It's called Kung Fu Elliot. Oh right, I think it was at Fantasia. It was at Fantasia, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, it's it's a Canadian. I think it's a Canadian yeah. film, and uh, it's about. This guy, I think his name is Elliot Bachman or something. This is recent. And it's essentially uh, everything we were talking about. Some guy who has had the hard-on for the the martial arts fantasy mastery his whole life and then concocted this entire fantasy around it and his whole, you know, all the way to going to China. Yeah. And coming face to face with a, I saw with the trailer. A it looked really Shaolin monk, and being all like, you know, I am the most decorated Canadian champion, and Shaolin monk just like smiling, like, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> show me. <laughs> so definitely worth checking out. It's of course like all of those documentaries. It's bittersweet, right? Mm-hmm. There's an incredible amount of sort of pity and sadness that you will feel for this guy, but also it's hilarious. Yeah. So I so on that topic. Um, uh, and we're gonna have to have you back, man. Because yeah, I'm, I'm down. It was so much fun. And like I said, this was like I say to all our guests, and we say all to all guests. It's always a little bit interviewey at first because we, yeah. we're interested in you and we want people to know about you. But you know, you don't have when you come back, you can just come and shoot the shit with us. It's all good. Maybe I'll have new stories. And Maybe legends. you'll have new legends, <laughs> new, and new myths. Uh, first, I have to run home and type all this shit up for my next movie. Right? <laughs> it's a good thing we're recording. Seriously, yeah. we have it. Oh my god! Yeah, there you go. It's immortalized. Um, so. Can you, uh, would you like, so what's your, your group, your uh, stunt group? Uh, my stunt team is called the Gungala stunt team. The Gungala. Gungala is uh, taken, it's took from uh, Ninja Turtles. Casey Jones' battle cry is Gungala. Gungala. So oh, that's right. Every time we do a stunt, we would yell Gungala beforehand. And okay. If we get injured, then we laugh. Oh, because it's like a, it's kind <laughs> of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah. made up Asian sounding thing. Well, the, the original, like the origin of that word from what I read in the comics is that 
um, a young Casey Jones was learning how to say Kawabunga from Michelangelo, but he couldn't say it. Okay. But I don't know if that's true. Like, that's why I'm, that's right. Yeah. Okay. But and it became his, its own thing, I think. Uh, can you can you give us some some titles of films that you've worked on and uh, some where we could, we could see some of this work? Um, I obviously I worked on Punisher. No Punisher Mercy. No Mercy, the finest of all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I worked on a few video games that are coming out in the next few months, I think. Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. I did. I worked with Sean. Well, that's right. In in uh, in uh, the uh, motion capture. Motion capture. Okay. I, uh, I performed all the in-game takedowns that Sean performed the, the, with me. Like he uh-huh. he kills me like thirty thousand times in this game. And if in you ever wanted to just kill me over and over, like that's the game you should play. That's that's <laughs> that's one of been one of the most fun things. It was fun. It was uh, a lot of. Uh, it it was my first mocap experience. Uh huh. It was an amazing experience. It was super fun. Working with Sean is always fun. We gotta have you guys together uh, yeah, at some yeah. point, and you guys to. can crack open this <laughs> secret world yeah. of the motion capture because that's a really fascinating uh, thing on its own. As a as an actor, I was recently on This Life on CBC. Okay, I played a doctor, and um, I'm going to be an Asian a, doctor. An Asian doctor. My mom was so happy. <laughs> she was. <laughs> 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 My mom was so happy, and uh, what's that mean? Why, why, why B? Why are you not A? <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. And I'll be on an episode of Nineteen Two soon. Nineteen Two. Okay. Yeah. The the Anglophone version. The Anglophone version. Yeah, that's a that's a seriously like like you know I I make fun of a lot of the uh, local stuff. Yeah. But that's uh, that's one of the products I'm like that represent. Yeah. Uh, the really the best stuff we have. It's, one of, it's a it's a pretty good show. I haven't okay. really watched it, but. I think it's at season three now. Well, I'll be in season three. Okay. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to work uh, together again yeah, we once I, uh, I get my shit together. <laughs> yeah. um, You've worked with Yuki recently. Uh, Yuki, Yuki yes. Oh, let's, you did. let's talk about Yuki a bit. There's another guy <laughs> I'd love to have on. Uh, I, I filmed a little little clip for a film that ended up being shelved uh, called uh, Lumberjacks vs. Ninjas. And by complete series of accidents and whatever, I ended up... Uh, I, I wanted to use Fred. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, there was a conflict, as I recall, with the scheduling, probably my fault. And then he's like, okay, well, you know, I've got this friend, Yuki, that can come on in. It was, it was amazing. It was a tiny little meeting, but I immediately became absolutely uh, impressed with this yeah, guy. Yeah, every guy, everybody I refer him to, they yeah. were like, can we just ask him next time? Or <laughs> <laughs> really? But you guys, you guys have a ex- uh, very similar energy. Yeah, is that there's like immediate calm and and uh, well, he's in the stunt team too. The Kungo of course, oh, there you, then then it, it's a hell of a stunt team. Like both of you guys, <laughs> just him there? and just him alone is like he can pretty much do anything you ask. Yeah, and but I mean, it's the, the, the what's shocking is like the, the the absolute ability of guys like Fred and Yuki, but absolutely zero ego. Yeah, and like I I could tell that because I made Yuki do a bunch of crazy stunts in like. Four feet of snow. <laughs> he was the, fine with all of it. He would could not. He was he acting was, like I was paying him like double time, and that he had like he had a trailer, yeah. and we had him change in the back of a car, right? And the guy was an absolute professional, and he he wanted to really. He like yeah, poured his heart he into. He has it. passion, that guy, for yeah. for, for stunts and. But you're like that too, man. Like the yeah, like yeah. if uh, I can't I can't wait. I feel like there's only great things coming from uh, from you and him and uh, your yeah. stunt team. So I wish you all the best. Thank you. Hopefully we get to work together. Absolutely, yeah. like uh, well, we will work together. We will. We will work together, <laughs> but um, because now I'm aware of how professional you guys are, uh, I am not going to 
pick up that phone until I have something uh, worth the right. esteem that I have for you guys. Cool. And I think that will be a great day. Well, we're always available and down to work with you. So thank you. I, I appreciate it. Even after all my fuck ups. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, uh, please, please, please come back. Sure. Minimum we have. I mean, Sean is someone I want to have one anyway at some point. Yeah, sure, uh, be a good person to have. But it'd be great to sort of maybe as a future continue like unofficial sequel to this episode, uh, see what his perspective is on the whole stunt choreography. Okay. Talk about mocap, <laughs> video. Maybe have somebody from video games. Uh, maybe Amber on. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, please come back. It's sure. been an absolute. This is honestly the most professional. <laughs> episode I think we've ever recorded yeah, now I gotta go back and listen to all the other ones <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a great story yeah good stuff man thanks cool man so uh, check out uh, the Gungula Gungula stunt, stunt team, team. Yeah. Uh, check out all we're gonna put all the links Richard right yeah everything is going in the description so cool. check the description for all that stuff yeah and if uh, if you're working on anything uh, you know with this kind of vibe to it and you just want to meet an absolutely amazing dude uh a consummate professional and someone with an incredible amount of knowledge and uh, you know just plenty to be around like uh, I would recommend him in a second to anybody working in the show business field uh, and then now I'm just going to stop because it's too much it's, it's too, too much, much hype now it's too much hype <laughs> it's too much, too much. because Thank of you. the bar that high we'll isolate just this bit that I just did now and you can just like sort of set it as your <laughs> I'll just play it on my speaker whenever whenever you're feeling like down you can just play it to yourself <laughs> like, I'm great I'm doing good. <laughs> Everything is fine. <laughs> All right, man. But thank you guys so much for having me, and it was a blast. And keep doing what you do. Uh, yeah, hope I have to I, come back again for sure. Yeah, please. I'll bring my stunt team if you guys have an, an opening. Are you kidding? Oh, me? that'd be awesome. Yeah. That would Let's be amazing. Yeah. Now we'll even try to get some video <laughs> yeah, going on that because that's in the next in the plans, right? Sounds good. Fire in a hole. And thanks everybody for for tuning in once again. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on SoundCloud. Check us out on Stitcher. Yep. Now on YouTube. Yep. Now That's on YouTube. Uh, we're, we're messing with that now um, for, for various reasons. Uh, but yes, we're messing with YouTube. Uh, please don't expect any crazy video footage at this point. <laughs> uh, the idea is just to, to have a presence there. Yeah. Um, but we are going to slowly, slowly start to mess with video because, you know, um, just to see what it's like. Maybe it will work. Maybe it won't. We're not putting any pressure on it. Yeah. Uh, what I would like to ask for anyone who enjoys the show, uh, first of all, thank you uh, for actually, you know, enjoying this. Uh, <laughs> but also, um, please, if you have comments, we, we, if you want to suggest topics, we are completely open. We, uh, um, if you feel that you might be an interesting guest, like honestly, if you have that kind of self-confidence, you have a cool story to tell and you, you would like to, you know, jam with us, we're totally down. Uh, in the meantime, even if it's a one-star rating, uh, please don't hesitate to, um, um, you know, to, to, to make your, you know, opinions heard about what you think about this, you know, whether it's on iTunes or whatever. We're not doing this for profit. We're not doing this for any sort of fame. But we do want to, we do honestly want to make a connection with uh, the people who are listening to this. Amen, brother. Amen. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole to you, sir. Do I have to say two? Yes. Fire in the hole. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs>